1: and welcome everyone to midday super talk mississippi i'm your host gerard gibbert i'm down at the mississippi construction education foundation's skills usa competition that's going on at the beautiful mississippi uh, trademark my good friend rhino taking care of business back there in the studio morning rhino howdy howdy I just got a little personal tour here from uh, Mr. Mike Barquette. He is the president of the Mississippi Construction Education Foundation. And uh, these are some very talented high school and junior college students that are competing here today. Got got uh, a, a first-hand look at all the various projects they are assigned uh, to construct uh, across the various trades. Of carpentry and cabinet making and uh, um, electrical installation, plumbing installation, welding—it uh, truly is fascinating. And we're going to have a, a lot of guests on the program today. Starting with Mr. Barquette coming up at 10:20 uh, to discuss everything we got going on. We got representatives from the Department of Education, from Accelerate Mississippi, and uh, looks like the Lieutenant Governor. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman is scheduled to be on at 12.20 on the program today. The big news out of the state of Mississippi that we shared as we went off the air yesterday is the uh, tendering of resignation by Dr. Thomas Dobbs, the state health officer. He will resign effective in July, says he's going to return to the clinical side of medicine, and I think... Also made a mention of perhaps uh, getting back involved in academia as well. But uh, I don't know that anybody particularly saw this coming. Did you hear any rumors whatsoever, any indication, Rhino, of uh, this resignation from Dr. Dobbs?
2: I mean, there have been opinions about how much the last couple of years have taken a toll on him. But I haven't heard any scuttlebutt that he was dissatisfied enough to want to retire or resign
1: yeah and he certainly gave no indication of that uh in in the press release that we received but uh and at this point i don't know that we are going uh to get any more color on what's going on here but this, of course, is a challenge uh, to replace Dr. Dobbs. Got to find somebody to step into that role. But you got to wonder how, if any, this might affect the implementation of the medical marijuana program in here in the state of Mississippi. I, I don't know. It hasn't been any discussion of that, but it, it certainly comes to mind. And that is a big old task that has been assigned to the Department of Health in terms of oversight and administration of the program meantime we see communities opting out past christian the city of ridgeland in madison county where i reside and uh, most recently on monday evening the city of brandon and uh, so i i understand that other communities are also considering opting out and you just wonder if the the couple that have or kind of setting a trend i'm not sure if that's if that's an accurate uh assessment of the situation of course counties can opt out separate from municipalities and that would be done at the supervisor level but kind of wonder where all this settles at this point it's uh it's been uh interesting and and of course uh by law uh i think a petition can be submitted to get a, a referendum, a measure on the ballot, a special election, would have to be called in the communities to let the citizens vote. And if they vote to uh, essentially strike down the decision made by the, lo- the local government, they certainly have the option of doing that. And there are organizations, I understand, that are organizing and coordinating these efforts to collect signatures. and submit that to the city governments and, and get a ballot measure out there in a special election to overturn it. So it should be interesting to watch how all that unfolds. Uh, Jeff in Grenada on the C Spire text line says, headed towards Democrat cities, allowing marijuana and Republican cities banning it. It kind of looks like that, but it's hard to tell at this point, Jeff, with only three officially opting out But I think in the next couple of weeks, you'll have more. As I recall right now, the law stipulates that a um, a municipality or a county has 90 days from enactment of the law uh, to opt out. Correct. Yeah, okay. So 90 days. So you you said something about this on the air a couple of weeks ago. Where are we now? We're a a little over a month, right, from enactment. I don't remember the exact date.
2: but Yeah, if memory serves, we are past the one-third point. So it it only makes sense that we're starting to hear municipalities in certain parts of the state wanting to opt out. But I would imagine in the next coming weeks or so, you're going to hear about petitions in those communities to overrule it.
1: Yeah. I think that's the case it it sounds like there is a coordinated effort actually by the cannabis industry I think there is a an industry association specifically that is kind of leading the charge in those communities that opt out uh, to organize a a petition effort and uh, get up get a ballot measure out there so we'll be watching all that uh, I just thought that was Kind of interesting timing with respect to Dr. Dobbs resigning, how that just might affect that. It may have no effect whatsoever, but uh, when the head person of the organization responsible for uh, oversight of that program, and it's a brand new program, so there's a lot of heavy lifting to do to get it up and running, you got to think that might cause a, a bit, of, um, bit of concern and um, might turn things upside down a little bit. Uh, in the meantime, we yesterday, you know, we had uh, President Joe Biden came on the, the television while we were on the air to announce the banning of the import of oil from Russia into this country. And, of course, he, he uh, wasted no time, as to be expected, uh, to take a shot at the oil and gas industry as part of that. He said, and let me say this to the oil and gas companies and to the finance firms that back them, we understand Putin's war against the people of Ukraine is causing prices to rise. He, again, by the way, folks, takes zero responsibility, none, blames this 100% on this conflict in Ukraine and Russia specifically. He goes on to say, we get that, that's self-evident. Well, I don't really think it is self-evident, but... Uh, But he says, but, 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 it's no excuse to exercise excessive price increases or padding profits or any kind of effort to exploit this situation or America or American consumers exploit them. Uh, What is exploit in a free market? These people do not understand and do not really support, in my view, the basics of free market Capitalism and and free markets in general, um, this this whole idea about exploiting and price gouging and and profiteering, there's zero evidence, zero evidence of that whatsoever. Oil is a commodity traded in global exchanges. Oil futures are and uh, that is a transaction between buyers and sellers of those futures that's what determines the price of oil and right now there are a number of factors that are driving the price up Uh, and i'm not certainly suggesting that we should feel sorry for the oil companies not whatsoever but what i am saying is once again this is an example that i think i feel is totally inappropriate for the president or any other elected official to take a shot specifically at an industry at the same time he's taking a shot at the american domestic oil industry what's he doing trying to make calls to saudi arabia and, and the united arab emirates uh to to appeal to them to step up production and it was has been reported you may have seen this too rhino they wouldn't take his calls The prince of Saudi Arabia uh, and UAE wouldn't talk to him, wouldn't talk to him, wouldn't take his calls. That's what kind of status he has on the global stage. He's also appealing to uh, Venezuela, uh, the dictator Maduro, and a nation state in Iran that is engaged in state-sponsored terrorism. It is bizarre that we are appealing to these countries to... Replace what we're losing from uh, in banning Russian oil 3% of total imports into the United States no interest whatsoever of, of uh, Opening up a domestic production. It's terrorists over Texas. That's what it is in my view We'll talk more about that But we're at a break right now here on Middays. We're at the Mississippi Trademark for the Mississippi Construction Education Foundation. We have relocated the Element Well Studios to this uh, venue today. Coming up after the break, Mike Barquette, he's the president of the Mississippi Construction Education Foundation. We'll be right back.
5: Hey, Capital City, it's Big Pop. Inviting you to Mississippi's biggest and best gun shows, Big Pop Gun Shows, will be at the Wahhabi Shrine Temple, March 12th and 13th, I-55 South, Elton Road, Exit 88. Saturday hours are 9 to 5, Sunday hours 10 to 5. Adult is $8, kids' 6 to 11 is only $2. Buying, and selling, and trading, and gun appraisal, over 200 tables of merchandise to see. the largest vendors around. Grab your dollar-off coupon now, bigpopgunshows.com, all federal, state, and local laws must apply. See y'all this week.
8: Since 1920, many great beginnings in Mississippi have begun with a diamond from Britain's jewelers. Since then, we've changed in many ways, except in our commitment to our customers. Hi, I'm John Albritton. At All Britons, we realize how important a diamond is to you. That's why our trained gemologist inspects every stone we sell. Whether you're buying your first diamond or celebrating your 25th anniversary, you can be confident of our quality and value. Come see why, since 1920, the people of Mississippi have chosen All Britons as their diamond store.
3: A special invitation to join us weekday morning, six to nine. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis—all right here on Super Talk Jackson, ninety-seven point three. Check it out. Let's do this. The talk that keeps Mississippi
0: talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Let's get on with it. On Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Midday Super Talk Mississippi, the Element Wealth Studios, down here at the Mississippi Trademark for the Mississippi Construction Education Foundation Skills USA competition. Joining us now, Mr. Mike Barquette. He's the president of the uh, Mississippi Construction Education Foundation. Mike, uh, thanks for coming on today.
9: Thank you for having me. Look yeah. forward to talking with you. Yes, sir.
1: So uh, I appreciate the, the personal tour that you gave uh, Alex and, and me before we started the show. It is it was fascinating, and uh, I am blown away impressed with the talent of
9: these young people, but more importantly, they're in there pretty busy doing their work, aren't they? I, I'm, I too, am blown away by the talent, <laughs> but they're all working And uh, that's the thing we're looking for. We need a workforce that'll work. And these kids are taking it very seriously. As you saw in the projects they're working on, some of them have done a great, great job. The majority of them have. So we're excited for them and glad to be a part of that uh, opportunity for them. All right, so Mike, describe the competition itself and and what they're competing, uh, how they compete, and then what they're competing for. Each of the students that are out competing right now had to compete at a district level. Uh they had to win first place, second place, or third place in order to be eligible to come to the state competition. After they competed, uh the ones that we have on the floor won their district level and okay. now they're competing to for the opportunity to go to the national skills competition, which is located in Atlanta, Georgia this year. So uh, they're all vying to go to the big show, which will give them an opportunity to compete against other students in other states throughout the United States. And, and is there some sort of prize that they win? If they I win think the there's cash prizes okay. that they win uh, at that level. Okay. Our apprentices, who are also competing... We'll have the opportunity to compete at the national in san antonio texas okay. and i do know that the first place winner there gets a thousand dollars second place is 750 and third place is 500 plus about two thousand three thousand dollars worth of uh equipment materials and tools all right and these are high school students and junior college students is that correct? we have high school students that will be able to go to atlanta community college that go to atlanta and our apprentices that will go to San Antonio. Okay. So it gives us three levels all competing together.
1: And when will the scoring
9: be conducted? How long do they have to finish these projects? They have six hours to six do the hours. project. Yeah. And uh, they start at 8 o'clock this morning. They'll be through at 3 o'clock this afternoon. And the winners will be announced tonight at their closing ceremony.
1: Okay. So you were showing me uh, when we went to each of the areas where the trades were set up. Uh, there's there's a project that they're provided and, and it looks like it would be done the way you would receive it, uh, say on a job site, right? That's it's correct. Kind of done in that format, and they and they don't know anything about that before they get here, and they said here here's what you got to do, and here are the materials to do that, and they got to go to work and essentially complete that project.
9: That's correct. The when the winners come, they have no idea what the project is. They're given a set of plans, they have to decide how to build it, they have to look at it, and they have six hours to accomplish the goal. Some of these projects are for sale. The shooting house, or the shooting stand, yeah. the barn, and the chimney. Uh, and we don't want to sell that project if it's not done correctly. I got so you. I am very impressed that the, at the talent of these high school students. They're just blowing me away. I, I didn't think they could do it, but they are doing a phenomenal job. I mean, it looks to me to be of the caliber of quality you would expect on the job site. You would. And, and one young man scored a 30 on his ACT. His college is paid for if he chooses to do it. Yeah. And I was talking to him today, and he said... I really want to go to work. Here's a bright, articulate young man who wants to go to work and I said, Son, with your talent, your skill, your knowledge, you'll have no problem. And by the time I got those words out of my mouth, two contractors came up and said, We'd like to talk to you. So there's an opportunity That's for all. him to follow his dream and do what he wants to uh, do. And who actually conducts the uh does the scoring? Industry does it. Uh we have removed all instructors. Nobody other than industry sees it. These folks don't know who they are. They're all assigned a number, and our industry partners are doing the judging, doing the project management, so it's all taken care of by industry, giving them an opportunity to see what goes on uh, by those students. So they're getting a firsthand chance to see the best of the best. Mike, we've got uh, guests that you, you certainly helped us with that are from the Department
1: of Education, from Accelerate. Uh, Mississippi. What's the connection there with your organization?
9: Well, Nathan Oakley, for instance, uh, was a former deputy superintendent of education. So Nathan is very familiar with the academic that went on, plus the CTE, and now he has moved over to Accelerate Mississippi, and he's in charge of K through 12 innovations with Accelerate. So we're excited to have him on to bring his perspective. Wendy Clemens is the executive per- uh, director for the edu- state of education state department of education academic Mm -hmm. wendy and i've worked together and she's helped me tie together the academic and the cte and she brings that loop together to know what the partnership has evolved to be with the department of education we've been partners with them since our founding back in 96 and that partnership has grown and gotten stronger as we move forward where do you receive your funding mike our funding comes from the state board of contractors but industry funds us. Our contractors who work in the state of Mississippi, both the residential and the commercial, and contractors out of the state, pay an additional $200 licensing fee, which is set aside, and the state board of contractors has control of that money. We submit to them a budget every year, and then they determine the amount, as well as they give to other institutions that have construction programs as well. Your IHLs your community colleges, they help them all, hmm. but our funding comes from industry, okay. and that 's why it 's so important to return back to industry what yeah. we 've taken from them
1: and so obviously their their interest is uh, the work that your organization does in, in in concert with the Department of Education accelerate Mississippi. The whole idea is to is to create the workers of the future for these industries
9: absolutely. This is an opportunity for tomorrow 's workforce to be seen today it 's just unbelievable so.
1: Uh, do you expect that a lot of what, what we're seeing who are participating here today that, uh, say, especially that come out of high school, they're likely to enter,
9: in your experience, they're likely to enter those industries or the construction industry? They may not enter the commercial world yeah. because a lot of them, for instance, uh, in our masonry division, a lot of those are young people whose mom and or whose dad and them own a masonry company. So they'll go to work for them. We had a young man take uh, did the HVAC this morning, and I asked him, I said, how long have you been doing this? He said, since I was five. (laughs) I said, five? He said, yes, we own an HVAC company, and I've been working with my daddy doing all this all the time. Sure. He had an immense amount of knowledge. I mean, it was just unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, they'll go to work. They may not be with a big-time commercial company, but they'll be in the trades and maybe have an opportunity to move up on their own this this is almost a rhetorical question but what's the job
1: situation look like in the
9: industry it is wide open <laughs> That's <what I> thought. <laughs> wide open uh you know i think about it sometimes if i had a, several years younger i mean the opportunities are just phenomenal the pay is outstanding you can raise a family you can support a family you can coach the little leagues you can do all the things you want to do and the beauty of it all is you got the time and yeah. they want people to work and uh, if you're willing and able and and are interested in being outside and enjoying the beautiful weather it's there it's yeah. there and
1: it, it appears to me that the industry consists of, of players that range from small independent shops uh, small just owner
9: operators if you will that are the tradespeople themselves all the way up to big commercial concerns exactly we've got them out there judging now we've got some what we call mom-and-pop uh, but we've got some large commercial and industrial contractors who sent their people and their top-notch people here to help us judge and run the program yeah uh... and the other thing i, w- I wanted to clarify is that, that the uh, contestants
1: they're all mississippi is that right they're every one of them okay. so every one it's, of them it's for mississippi you guys host this and the idea is to get, get uh, to win your
9: category and then go to the national competition. that's it and our mission is to recruit and train a quality workforce for the industry and for the state of mississippi and that's what's happening right now
1: yeah clearly it's on display but i i just i couldn't help but notice the energy of course they're a little younger than we are oh yeah uh, they're moving <laughs> around a lot faster <laughs> uh, with with the hammers and the and the welders and and uh And the masonry people watching watching the kids on the floor there as they're lining the
9: bricks up and stacking the bricks up and the stone and so forth uh not only that i've I've been talking to a lot of them every kid I've talked to has a wonderful smile on his face I agree, and they are just excited to be here, not only in the construction but in the other competitions that are going on they are uh, they're just a great group of kids. They're well-mannered. They, they, it's, it's the cream of the crop. Yeah, that's awesome. And we, and we are blessed,
1: Mike, as we go to break here. We're blessed with this fantastic facility. What a great venue to do this deal.
9: Let me tell you, I am super impressed. The folks down here that we work with are fantastic. Uh, We look forward to coming back. Yeah, it's awesome. We're down at the Mississippi
1: Trademark for the Mississippi Construction Education Foundation Skills USA competition. Come on down and see us. The Element Wealth Studios set up down here in the Mississippi Trademark. We'll be back. Stay with us.
10: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and cutting needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, mostly cloudy skies, high near 58. Tonight, mostly cloudy, low around 39. Your Thursday, sunny conditions, high near 68. Thursday evening, mostly clear, low around 43. And a look to Friday, a 40% chance of rain, mostly sunny, high near 73. This weather brought to you by our friends at Gaddis mclaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. Shop local. Gaddis mclaurin Mercantile, your building supply experts since 1871.
11: The Gallo Radio Show is brought to you in part by TrustCare, where you'll find a team of experienced, knowledgeable, and friendly staff. Visit TrustCareHealth.com to schedule an appointment today. TrustCare. Feel better, faster.
4: Carter Sledge Family
12: Dentistry is just that a family. It was just a good experience in itself to how they did it, and how loving and compassionate they all were. I was just so excited because it was exactly what he tells you. I cried. (laughs) I really cried. Carter Sledge Family Dentistry, 772 Lake
13: Harbor Drive in Richland, 601-607-7876.
16: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. It's not just individuals that are paying more for goods and services. Tim Moore, the president of the Mississippi Hospital Association, says expenses have skyrocketed at hospitals across the entire country. The trend line
3: uh, currently for expenses, just in the state of Mississippi now, is two and a half to three times the normal escalation rate.
16: Hospitals fund the majority of the state share for the federal match that brings money in to pay for the biggest part of the Medicaid program, so they're asking for the legislature's help. We're asking that they forgive, or
3: at least waive, the hospital tax for 2023. That's about $260 million is what the Medicaid is estimating in the budget for that. That will give hospitals an opportunity to kind of rebalance.
16: For the latest Mississippi news, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or online at supertalk.fm.
3: Before the action begins, make sure your bets are in. Every hit. This ball is crushed. Every point. Who they give it to? Sportsbook at Golden Moon Casino revolutionizes the fan experience. On your phone, casino kiosk at the Timeout Lounge. Don't just be a fan, be a player, be a winner. Get the Sportsbook at Golden Moon Casino. We're not just fans, we're here to play.
0: With Gerard Gibbard Welcome, welcome to our show on Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Okay, now you have a good one.
18: Paper bags and plastic hearts, our belongings and shopping carts. It's
1: Thank you so much for joining us here on Midday Super Talk Mississippi. Again, we're at the Mississippi Trademark where we've set up the Element Wealth Studios for the Mississippi Construction Education Foundation Skills USA competition. Come on down and see us. Uh, it is a little chilly outside. It was a cold rain yesterday when we left the studios, but the skies are clearing and Hopefully it'll warm up a little bit uh, before the day is out. We've got a great lineup in store for you uh, for the duration of the show. I did want to to pass uh, this on, that uh, the Mississippi Cannabis Trade Association, just following up on our discussion in the first segment, Uh, about cities and counties so far three cities have opted out of the medical marijuana uh, program to participate in it by law in accordance with section 30 in the uh, the law itself Uh, the citizens can organize a petition it requires signature uh, of 20 percent of the population not voters 20 percent of the population or 1,500 people, whichever is the least. And so in the case of the city of Ridgeland, where this uh, MCTA, the Mississippi Cannabis Trade Association, has already announced they are going to pursue uh, a petition and and get a referendum out there, uh, the Ridgeland would uh, qualify at the minimum level, which is 1,500 people. So and they've already started that effort and we'll see where that goes and and, uh, we're likely I would think to see this in other municipalities across the state have yet to see any counties that have voted to opt out not sure where that's going to land each county of course governed by a board of supervisors of five so we'll see where all that goes and we will keep you uh, abreast of it again they have 90 days Uh, A city or county has 90 days from enactment of the law to opt out. And the citizens, in accordance with the law, uh, have the option of uh, obtaining signatures on a petition and presenting that to the governing body of the county or municipality. That would compel them to hold a special election uh, with that ballot, uh, that referendum, if you will, on the ballot. And if the citizens vote for it that uh, would mean it would overturn the decision by the governing body to opt out. And I can't remember this, Rhino. Perhaps you do. We seems like we talked about it. Is a simple majority all that's required uh, on, the, on the ballot to overturn the opt-out? Or does it require... Uh, I want to say,
2: yeah, it's just a simple majority up-down vote.
1: Okay, simple majority. So anyhow, we'll be tracking that and see where all that goes. The, uh, the other thing I wanted to share with you that came out of uh, Biden's speech, I did go home and endured the pain of, of uh, watching that. Uh, it was recorded, of course, on video. It wasn't all that particularly long, but he made this statement. Loosening environmental regulations or pulling back clean energy investment won't, let me explain, won't, will not lower energy prices for families. But transforming our economy to run on electric vehicles powered by clean energy with tax credits to help American families winterize their homes and use less energy, that will that will help. So the message there is you can get tax credits to go buy some, some caulk and uh, uh, some seals to put around your doors and your windows, and oh, that'll do it. That'll cut down on, on those electric bills, and you'll get a, a slight tax credit against the purchase of those products to do it and and just rush out and buy yourself what what'd you find yesterday a rhino the comparable vehicles at a particular size and class in, in the chevy lineup the the what's the chevy volt versus the chevy yeah, the chevy
2: volt versus the chevy spark the volt is the electric vehicle the spark is gas powered and the volt is twice as much
1: right oh but you get a tax credit <laughs> That'll do it, which is so silly to think that people are just going to run out, dump their present vehicles. What about the people who, who uh, have vehicles that are paid for and they don't want to go plunge themselves in, into more debt to buy an electric vehicle, especially at a time when they're facing uh, economic headwinds, primarily in the form of inflation and just economic instability in general. That is one thing to look no out sense. for,
2: though. If, if you are in the market for an electric vehicle, watch the price. Look to fine print. Make sure that that's not the price after the rebate.
1: That's a good point. Yeah, it's an excellent point uh, because you got to believe that will be uh, part of the messaging and promoting those vehicles, hey, eligible for a tax credit and your net price is this and so forth. So, yeah, I, uh, it's a good point. But I, I felt like that was totally Tone deaf once again. Zero mention of opening up the vast and abundant resources the good Lord has blessed us with here in this country. But uh, more about hey, just go use you some tax credits to uh, to buy some uh, door stripping, weather seal, and some caulk, and uh, oh, just run down to the the auto store and buy you a new electric vehicle. Heck, if you could even find one, right, Rhino? I mean, it's not like they're just the, the lots are loaded with these things waiting for you to go make a purchase and drive them off. But that's just really a silly solution. I mean, it's just a
2: simple supply and demand. Look at gas powered vehicles, which make up a vast majority of the market. They're hard to come by. So if you have a limited supply of the thing that most people make, it would only make sense that you would have a limited supply of the thing that a few people make.
1: Now, of course. Uh, but th- uh, this administration doesn't seem to understand the basic fundamentals of, of economic demand and supply. Gene and Mendenhall on the C Spire text line says, Biden also blamed the meat producers for high prices. Pass the buck, Biden. Yeah. Uh, Carol Carolyn Starkville says, what about Air Force One? Is it electric? I don't think so. By the way, I have no fear. The vice president, Kamala Harris, she's headed uh, today uh, where's she going to, is it Germany, I think, to, uh, to try to uh, bring an end to this whole situation and appeal to our allies and just pat them on the head and let them know we're with you all the way. In the meantime, you've probably seen, as we've talked so much on the program, about the, the realities of the horrors of war. Rhino, I'm sure you've seen this report of a Russian attack on a, a children's hospital. And uh, there's some images coming out of the area there that are absolutely heartbreaking, gut-wrenching, and inexcusable uh, that this megalomaniac, tyrant, petulant, former Kremlin wacko is uh, committing these crimes. These are war crimes, clearly. You're bombing a children's hospital. I, I think that easily rises to the level of war crime. But we have a President that, uh, I don't know, it doesn't seem to understand that what these folks need more than anything is, is not, not our boots on the ground, not our aircraft uh, scrambling in the air, but he's, the President Zelensky of Ukraine says we need, we need weapons, we need, we need uh, military gear uh, to defend ourselves and to, to uh, fend off the Russian attack. Does not look like we're getting too busy in that? Uh, category although it is true that yesterday the the top leaders in the Congress reached a deal on Ukraine aid I think it ended up coming in uh, Rhino at 15 million 15 billion excuse me we yesterday I think we said uh, 10 but I think that came in at uh, the final number came in at 15 and this is part of an overall uh, spending package that, uh, that, that they've signed off on is $1.5 trillion. Of course, this spending package is necessary to keep the government open. Yeah, continuing resolution. That's how we run the government. And, and keep in mind also that um, the spending package only funds the, the discretionary functions of government, not the mandatory. That, that consumes about 70% of our spending discretionary is in the neighborhood of 30% of our spending that includes the military and all the other agencies outside of the mandatory spending functions which are Medicaid Medicare Social Security um, and numerous other welfare programs uh, plus debt interest that comprises about 70% of total federal spending all the rest of government The Department of Defense and and the entire other government complex is about 30 percent, but included in that discretionary spending package is aid to Ukraine. And I think the last number I saw was 15 billion going to Ukraine. One governor is taking action on uh, combating the high price of gas. That would be uh, Governor Kemp, Brian Kemp of Georgia. He is working uh, quite rapidly to move legislation through their legislature that would temporarily suspend the state's fuel tax. What do you guys think about doing that here in the state of Mississippi? What is it, 15, 16 cents a gallon? I mean, it would certainly help, but good grief. Uh, the price of fuel now to, to today, the most recent average as of today, four and a quarter. I heard also, Rhino, that the site Gas Buddy that helps you find Uh, the price of gas and search for that in your area, it crashed due to uh, being overwhelmed with traffic. (laughs) Unbelievable. That's the times we live in. Who would have ever thought we'd have crashed the Gas Buddy website? We'll take a break right here. We're in the Element Element Well Studios down at the Mississippi Trademark. We'll come back with more Middays after this break. The
3: Batteries Plus, we do more than fix phones and tablets. We help our neighbors power their lives. Visit Batteries Plus in-store, curbside and online to save on boat, RV and motorcycle batteries. For offer details and limitations, visit batteriesplus.com.
4: Magnolia Health is made for Mississippi. A statewide network of specialists and primary care physicians at more than 17,000 locations. Community outreach programs
11: Rogers Dabs Chevrolet is a proud sponsor of Ole Miss Sports. New Chevrolets, great pre owned vehicles, and excellent fleet department, all backed by an award winning service department. That's Rogers Dabs Chevrolet, Cross Brandon, or RogersDabs.com. Are you having sewer and drain problems?
7: This is the opening agri-market report. At the opening of the New York Cotton Exchange, May cotton was up 47 to 118.44. July cotton was up 51 to 114.04. At the opening of the Chicago Board of Trade, May soybeans were up quarters to 16.97 and a half per bushel. July soybeans were up 6.5 to 16.62 and a quarter per bushel. May corn was down nine and a quarter to 743 and three quarters per bushel. July corn was down 11 and a half to 714 and a half per bushel. At the Mercantile, April live cattle was down 27 to 138.77. June live cattle was down 90 to 134.55. May feeders up 50 to 166.80. August feeders up 2 cents to 179.42. And at the open, the Dow Jones up 597 points, 33,229. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk, Mississippi, Agrinews News Network.
11: Hi, I'm Chris Howard, Executive Director at the Mississippi Department of Rehabilitation Services. Our agency works to help those we serve prepare for today and also plan for the future. One way we do that is through the Mississippi ABLE program. This program provides the opportunity for individuals with disabilities to invest their money in tax-advantaged accounts without the fear of losing public benefits. You can learn more or sign up by visiting MississippiABLE.com. That's MississippiABLE.com.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Midday Super Talk Mississippi. Gerard Gibbard down at the beautiful Mississippi Trademark for the Mississippi Construction Education Foundation Skills USA competition. We have relocated the Element Wealth Studios down here to the Trademark are you thinking about or planning for retirement do you have a plan go to myelementwealth.com or call 601-957-6006 to let element wealth help you find your balance between income growth and guarantees and joining us now on the element wealth studio set down here at the trademark miss shante villanueva say that right yes villanueva great uh, director of student organizations for the mississippi department of education and bailey bryant the president of skills usa thanks for joining middays Shante and uh, bailey appreciate you guys coming on all right so uh, tell us exactly uh, Shante, how uh, your organization at the uh, department of ed uh, works with mike Barquet's uh, foundation organization Structure foundation how do you guys do that
21: So um, SkillsUSA Mississippi is chartered through the Mississippi Department of Education. And uh, we have a partnership with MCEF um, for they can um, host our trade skill competitions, which is the carpentry, cabinet making, welding, welding fabrication, welding sculpture, sheet metal. um, And so we're partnered with them uh, so they can host a trade, get business and industry in here so they can give the students some directions.
1: What uh, what interests the students? What, what draws them into the trades and, and gets them active? Because they are very energetic. Observed them this morning when Mike gave me a tour. Just really impressed with uh, the quality of their work. But more importantly, as Mike said, the smiles on their faces, and they're just having a good time.
21: Yeah, so we have some amazing teachers here in the state of Mississippi, and they are really dedicated to their trade. So students enter those classes in a trade, two years in those trades, third year they're into work-based learning, Learning some of them, and uh, some of them leaving the classroom going straight to the industry um, yeah. to get a job. Yeah. Yes.
1: All right, Bailey. So you serve uh, presently as the present president of Skills USA. Yes. Sir. So tell us about Skills USA, the organization itself, and what do they do?
22: So Skills USA is is uh, say high school split off in college. Mm-hmm. So it has competitions and trade stuff and jobs like that. You have law and public safety, construction, metal trades, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, USA is an opportunity for students of Mississippi to come together and compete, and meet awesome industry leaders, and hopefully gain that contact along uh, down the future. Because I tell folks all the time that it's what you do today affects what, what goes on tomorrow. Hmm.
1: So. Yeah, that's uh, absolutely very much true. So uh are you personally uh involved in the trades itself do you do no, you sir, some I'm of in, that work
22: i'm in law and public safety so okay yes
1: sir. all right so what brought you into this
22: man i have a story behind everything i do uh say so, <laughs> we all do uh mine is a little is it cl- close to home it hits home yeah. so uh I, I ain't gonna get into it on here okay but uh say so, about two years ago uh things went. Some went sideways at my house and my home and parents. Well, that's history. Okay. And uh, so I was a, I was blessed to get get a, you know go to a better home mm-hmm. and got taken in by my aunt. Uh, and after that, I was able to grow my relationship with God and I, you know, because as I was living with my parents, it, everything went sideways. I you know, just things going south. But after I got away from that situation. And then I come and started living with my parent or my aunt. Uh, so she took me in, and I've been better off ever since. And one day after another, I kept on pushing for the stars and trying to make myself a better person. And, uh, you know, after all that went down my my home, I used to not be interested in politics and leadership and stuff like that. But after that, it just, I don't know, all of a sudden, it's, I've got that urge to go after stuff like that. And, and Kurt, my big thing. I love to talk to folks and walk around and encourage folks. You know, this thing where you're stopping, you got you got more places to go. Keep pushing.
1: Sure, I so, got a feeling you're going to do well. I appreciate that. Appreciate you sharing your story too yes, as well. Uh, Shante, how important is uh, this competition just to drive an interest? uh in uh, in the trades and in the organization itself at the k-12 level
21: yeah so just like bailey just told you that story you have actual students like that and when they get involved in these trades and they see that people actually care for them yeah. and that gives them an interest yeah. and um so it uh, also leads them to a different direction
1: yeah well that's awesome uh we are so delighted to be here and very impressed with the work you guys are doing and it was a pleasure meeting you And thanks for coming on midday All right. Thank you for having us. You got it. We'll take a break right here from the Element Well Studios down at the Mississippi Trademark. We've got the news coming your way, and then Dr. Nathan Oakley, Deputy Director for K 12 and Innovation for Accelerate Mississippi, on next.
0: You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk, Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros, 601
17: 345 8090. Fox News, I'm Lillian Wu. Ukrainians warn
16: there's a very dangerous situation at Chernobyl nuclear plant. That Russian forces have disconnected the plant. From the power grid, there are backup generators operating at this hour. One Ukrainian member of parliament adding that if Russia will not cease fire, they expect radiation leaks. Ukraine's nuclear power operator added that wind could carry radioactive substances to other parts of Europe.
17: Fox's Trey Kingston, Kiev. The conflict, meanwhile, continues to drive up the price of gas in the U.S. Nationally, the average 5.25
23: a gallon. The U.K. does plan to announce a ban on Russian oil imports, and the EU reportedly aims to cut Russian gas dependence by about 65% this year. It's those headlines that pushed the price of oil
17: up $9. That's Lauren Simonetti with the Fox Business Network. America's listening to Fox News.
10: that's 601-345-8090 or online at baronistreepros.com that's baronistreepros.com
4: magnolia health is made for mississippi a statewide network of specialists and primary care physicians at more than seventeen thousand locations community outreach programs and quality jobs for nearly 400 mississippians our commitment to building healthier communities in Mississippi has never been stronger. Learn more at magnoliahealthplan.com slash benefits.
16: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Another big deadline for state
24: lawmakers today. Any bills uh, from the other house that don't get out and get passed uh, die on the calendar, and that's a big day because there are a lot of bills still left on both calendars. Senator John Polk expressed some serious concerns. Right now, where the personal income tax and sales tax increase bill is is that we are uh, being held hostage pretty much by the house and its leadership and i think the speaker has said that we do not need to pass any other legislation especially spending legislation until we get his bill out and that is not the way i think mississippi needs to work
16: he wants lawmakers to get to work on spending the 1.8 billion the state received in the american rescue plan the money has to be allocated in 2024 and has to be spent by 2026.
10: Hello, everyone. I'm Bob. Welcome to the digging safety class. Hey, Bob. You're here because you got caught digging before calling 811.
11: I know, and now I'm here instead of making a living.
10: I know, man, but it's the law. So let's get started. This is a shovel. Huh?
14: Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Please call 811 two working days before you dig. It's the law, and it's just the right thing to
15: do.
16: Wednesday night episode 5 of the Coach Prime Docu Series was released the main storyline revolved around Coach Deion Sanders having to get two toes amputated
9: you know once upon a time he was this type of athlete and, and this you don't even know if you're going to walk because all you feel is pain.
16: He was hospitalized for around a month during the 2021 season. He's currently in his second year as the Jackson State head football coach. First pitch for game two of the Hancock-Whitney Classic between Mississippi State and Texas Tech is being moved from five tonight to three this afternoon at MGM Park due to the threat of rain. Gates will open at two and limited tickets are still available. The defending national championship Bulldogs sold out in Balexi last night. They were able to put a stop to their two-game loser streak, defeating the Red Raiders 11-5. For more info, log on to supertalk.fm. I'm Kelly Bennett.
1: Welcome back to Midday Super Talk Mississippi. Gerard Gibbert down at the Mississippi Trademart. For the Mississippi Construction Education Foundation Skills USA competition, we have relocated the Element Wealth Studios down here to the beautiful trademark. Go to MyElementWealth.com or call 601-957-6006. Joining us now uh, on the set is Dr. Nathan Oakley, Deputy Director for K-12 and Innovation for Accelerate, Mississippi, uh, Dr. Oakley, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, I was just uh, telling uh, on, the, on the show here in the last uh, segment, in the last hour actually, how impressed I was when Mr. Barquette gave me the tour out there on the, tr- on the trademark floor. Uh, these students are incredible. They're very talented, but most importantly, they're just having fun, and, and that's what you want. When you're having fun at work, you're going to produce, and you're going to produce a good product. But welcome to the show, sir, and, uh, and, and your observation of this today.
8: I would wholeheartedly agree. First of all, thanks for having us. We yes, are sir. so glad to be here with you today. Uh, the work that's going on here uh, is, is our future, yeah. uh, just to see these students enjoying uh, an educational experience yeah. uh, in such a fun environment. Uh, it's what it ought to be about, uh, whether, whether it's work, whether it's, it's education. Uh, and I would argue there's a, a close intersection there uh, that it's, it's, it's great to see um, such an enjoyable atmosphere.
1: You know, we humans, we need to experience the sense of accomplishment. And when you're participating in a competition like this and you're given, you're given a, a project to complete, There's no better feeling, no more rewarding feeling is there, uh, Dr. Oakley, that when you complete a project and you, you stand back and you look at it and you sort of put the bow on it, that's what motivates people. That's healthy.
8: That is a big motivating factor. Um, one of my favorite, uh, it's cheaper than therapy, one of my favorite things to do outside of work is to get on a, on a tractor and run a bush hog. Because you can, when you finish the project, you can see what you've done. Yeah. And so we've got a similar, uh, similar situation here where they can look back at the end of the day and, see what they see what they have completed see their project well that's
1: and that's the neat thing about the construction the trades is because it's it's so eye appealing right i mean it's got it's it kind of appeals to the senses you can see it and touch it and feel it and uh, and so you can stand back from it whether it's the masonry project or the cabinet making and i mean all of it and it's way beyond me i have zero skills whatsoever in that arena i'm always impressed with people uh, that do but uh these kids take it seriously and they do a fantastic job and they got a short window to do it that's the other thing i i I don't know it's i I like to just re-measure and re-measure and re-measure i get a little wrapped up in that these kids i see them they're doing it they're moving around fast they they move on to the next task in the in the procedure and they end up with a finished product and then the team's competition as well it's really cool because they have to work together.
8: They do. And that's a lot of what we do as adults. Yeah. Uh, it's is not done independently. It requires yeah. us to, to collaborate and to coordinate and work with our colleagues and friends on projects.
1: So. so how does Accelerate Mississippi work with the MCEF and then the Department of Education? I'm impressed that we've got um, uh, three high-level organizations like that, that are that are collaborating, which I think uh, usually ends up producing better outcomes when we do that. What's, what's the motivation there? What's so the story?
8: We, we were established, uh, Accelerate Mississippi was established really to serve as kind of the tip of the spear for workforce development, for, for strategy development and deployment across the state. Mm-hmm. And so MCEF is, is one of the organizations that we, that we partner with um, to, to give students opportunities uh, for, for events such as today, uh, to be able to demonstrate and to, to, to share their skills and, and really uh, brag on what they're able to do. Um, there will be students I would imagine that come out of today uh, after the judging that will you know that will have piqued the interest of, of some companies and may have potentially job offers um, yeah. on the table or opportunities to pursue uh, continued studies uh, after high school or an apprenticeship in, uh, that leads to, to employment here in the state and then um, we've we 've taken the approach at accelerate that our workforce uh, challenges in the state and the, the, the problems are uh, issues that we're trying to tackle are not isolated to our adult population. We're really trying to frame this runway from education through employment here in the state. And there are students coming out of K-12 that will pursue um, a four-year post-secondary degree and there are all kinds of options there. We want our accountants and our doctors and um, lawyers to have that, that broad undergraduate background. And sure. there are folks that will come out of high school that want to pursue a two-year program or a technical program or, or apprenticeship program. And those are all viable, meaningful pathways for, for folks can earn a, a gainful wage sure. uh, and provide for a family and really give back to their community here. So we want to frame that up really that there is no wrong pathway um, out of high school.
1: Absolutely. How, how important and valuable is it, it, I think it's a better way to state it, that the private sector is so heavily involved in this effort?
8: That is a critical piece of what we're trying to get done.
1: Um, The private sector, uh, we've
8: got so many employers here in the state that are are private industry, um, that if if they are at the table with us uh, as as the Office of Workforce Development, um, working alongside K-12 and community colleges, all of our partners here in the state, there's a, a, a deeper and better and a more immediate understanding of what the needs are rather than, than the education entities working in isolation and putting out a product, a student, sure. that maybe doesn't meet their
1: needs. Yeah, I mean, it just makes uh, perfect uh, common sense, does not it? it That does. You go to the folks that are hiring people and find out, well, what do you need and what are the skills they need to have to, to, uh, to fill these job roles that you have? Uh, otherwise, if we're educating people and giving them skills that are not uh, in demand in the market, not really moving the needle
8: that's that's part of the work that we're trying to tackle right now at accelerate is is getting a a better connection from k-12 into post-secondary into industry Mm -hmm. Um, we've got a lot of students that finish high school and go into four-year programs Mm -hmm. Uh, but there are a lot of jobs in the state that that don't necessarily require that bachelor's degree and that that time commitment over the four years and potentially the debt that goes alongside that. And so trying to get a better handle on uh, what those specific industry demands are for employees uh, regionally across the state and helping students in high school to see what those pathways really look like um, out of their high school uh, years um, so that they've got a a more direct pathway into employment if they want to pursue that.
1: You know, it seems like uh, most of us parents, we we always have these visions of, uh, of our kids uh, getting educated and entering the, the professional ranks. I mean, I guess typically you always think about uh, doctors and lawyers, right, are, are pretty common. Uh, but I think what's overlooked is what the opportunities are here. And and, and all professions are for everybody. That's what makes the world go round. We, we all need these, these various skills to make uh, things work out. Um, I just wonder how many um, youngsters, how many students, uh, maybe come to the conclusion at some point in their life and say, you know, I don't think that's for me, but this looks like something I would enjoy, and and they have to maybe have those conversations with a, with their parents.
8: I think it happens, um, and we would we would love. Uh, I think as a as a state, we've got to address. Um, the perceptions around yeah. the trades, around yeah. technical education, and the opportunities that are there. Yeah. Um, it is not vocational education that it was 50 years ago. Yeah, um, if, if you've walked around, um, there's a lot of advanced technology that's in play, whether it's in construction, Absolutely. whether it's in manufacturing, uh, other, other um, business and industry. Uh, as well and so we've got to do a better job I think as a state of messaging not just to the, to the students about the opportunities but really messaging to parents so that they can understand that there's a great deal of uh, respect and dignity and value in, in what these occupations bring um, yeah. to, the, to, the, to their families perhaps and to their communities.
1: And I think we as, as consumers often just take for granted that uh, uh, the workers in those, in those skills areas, those trade areas are just always going to be there to take care, because they always have, but and that's not the case, is it? it I is, mean, there's a that, this uh, these uh, demand grossly outstrips the supply.
8: That is that is absolutely the case, absolutely.
1: And uh, it's important uh, as a result for our our young folks to understand the opportunities here. And wow, has that changed? I mean the. Um, the perception I think we may have of folks that work in the trades is not consistent with what it's really like it,
8: it is not, and um, I've, I've had conversations in the last few weeks uh, with an individual whose uh, son came home and has started his own plumbing company yeah. um, came home from college and said i'm not going to grad school i'm starting my own company yeah and uh, she couldn't be prouder yeah, that's awesome. of, of her son and so that's but that's you know that's that's kind of an outlier sometimes we we kind of hold hold closely to this idea that our, our students you know, have to go to college. The question for a long time was after high school, the question is where are you going to college? Yeah, exactly. Not, what are you doing after high school? What's, yeah. your, what's your life goal? What do you want to do next?
1: Yeah, it's a good point. And I think the other thing is is, is that there's a, a, a lack of uh, pervasive understanding of just uh, what, uh, what kind of money, what kind of compensation one can earn in these trades.
8: It's Without picking up Debt on the furniture. Yeah, to, good point. You know, to to start that work. Yeah, so, uh, and and I think uh, for for our um, younger generation of folks who particularly, um, they want to feel like they make a difference. Often, you know, sure. in, in the world, in the world around them, in their neighborhood, um, and so I think we've got to we've got to tag into that and and help them see where you know if you're a, like a utility line worker or if you're in construction trades after a natural disaster, like those are some of the first responders that. As a resident, you couldn't be more excited to see yeah, coming your way.
1: That's that's very true. That's absolutely true. And then, of course, so we got about a minute left. Uh, the soft skills, as we say, aspect of this is important, too. And that's changing a lot. It, it is. It, for the better. I mean, it's improving a lot. Because it is. We're, we're teaching that. We've recognized more how important that is. And organizations such as yours are making sure that they uh, understand that and they're taught we, that.
8: We see those soft skills or durable skills as being critical in this work. Um, if I can if I can work well with others and show up on time and so, figure out problems, so critical. it's absolutely essential.
1: Dr. Oakley, thanks so much for coming on Middays. Appreciate it, sir. Thanks, Gerard. We'll talk again. Dr. Take Nathan care. Oakley has been our guest. We'll be back with more on Middays. We've got Wendy Clemens from uh, the Department of Education at 1137. Middays will return from the Element Well Studios.
10: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, mostly cloudy skies, high near 58. Tonight, mostly cloudy, low around 39. Your Thursday, sunny conditions, high near 68. Thursday evening, mostly clear, low around 43. And a look to Friday, a 40% chance of rain, mostly sunny, high near 73. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha Outboard dealer in Brandon.
6: be sure to catch sports talk mississippi your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the magnolia state every day from three until six right here on super talk jackson 97.3
0: the talk that keeps mississippi talking we're
11: rolling hit it
12: go play
10: it
0: middays with gerard gibbert on super talk mississippi
1: Welcome back, everyone, to Midday Super Talk Mississippi. The Element Wealth Studios relocated for today down at the Mississippi Trademark. We're at the Mississippi Construction Education Foundation Skills USA competition. Come on out and see us if you can. Uh, so, Rhino, a report I saw yesterday that uh, from organizations that track this stuff says that as inflation continues to spiral upward 64 percent of the US population is now living paycheck to paycheck that's up from 61 percent in in December and just just shy of the record high in this country of 65 percent so we're 1 percent below that that occurred in 2020 that's according to Lending Club is an organization that tracks that sort of data. And uh, let's see, Anuj Nayar, Lending Club's financial health officer says, we're seeing the cost of everything shooting up. However, paying more for gas and groceries is hitting households particularly hard is what um, Anuj Nayar says, who is the financial health officer for Lending Club. Says you got to eat, you got to commute. These are not discretionary expenses. That's very true, very true. You you really don't have an option in uh, that respect. Got to eat, you got to get around somehow. Uh, it just doesn't seem like or feel like this president is aware of these hardships and is taking any action, though he, he claims he's going to. And of course, his, his plan is for you to go out and buy an electric vehicle so as not to have to endure the price at the pump and to weatherize your home to cut down on your energy bill. Uh, All those seem like pretty weak uh, plans and and steps to take that really don't address the core problem, which is too much dang money that was uh, injected into the the economy, uh, mainly in the American Rescue Plan passed about this time last year. And uh, that uh, just introduced so much money into the economy and that it's just when you got too much money chasing too much goods, which we had for a while and do and to some extent now it causes inflation that supply chain issues. And now the big driver is the price of, of oil in particular. And I, you got to face it since day one. When this president was inaugurated, he began to wage a war on the fossil fuels industry and still did yesterday, honestly, in, in calling out the oil companies. No profiteering, no price gouging. And we've been through the numbers on that. There's absolutely zero evidence of that. It's just politically popular uh, to say, and he, he took advantage of, of that in his remarks yesterday. And then, of course, he, he very abruptly left the... The White House there and walked away from the podium, took no questions whatsoever. There is an interesting bill that uh, Representative Jim Banks introduced uh, just yesterday, and it is entitled No Oil from Terrorists Act. Representative Banks is seeking to get uh, enactment of this legislation that would prevent the United States from importing petroleum from Iran, which is, of course, a a country that is awash in human rights violations. It's just incredible that we're willing to go negotiate with Iran to buy oil, a country that is the most prolific in terms of sponsoring terrorism, and maybe the, uh, the country that commits human rights abuses more than any other country on the planet many of which I don't think we know about and we're gonna buy oil from them but we can't frack in Texas just wrap your head around that we can't open up the Anwar pipeline in Alaska but we can go buy it from Iran that's illogical so representative banks has got this bill that is uh, set to be taken up by the house We'll, we'll see where it goes but then the question is okay well Joe that that failed you can't get Saudi Arabia Or UAE to call you back to pump up their production. I don't know where you stand with Maduro down in Venezuela. Uh, But everything is uh, short of opening up domestic oil production. He just simply will not go there. Totally beholden uh, to the woke climate change mob in the Congress. Tim Scott, the senator from the great state of South Carolina, yesterday after Biden's speech, he tweeted... What is Biden talking about? The rise in gas prices reached historic highs way before the war in Ukraine. Just last Thanksgiving, gas prices were 60% higher than they were the year before. That was three months before the invasion. He called him out on it. I, I, that's The senator is absolutely accurate accurate in his assessment there. John in Ridgeland says, I'm retired, fixed income, can't afford to buy an electric car and wouldn't if I could afford it. I hear you John uh we're headed to a point where you won't have a choice if you want a vehicle that's i mean that's the ultimate uh goal I, and I don't know so much that I oppose the the transition I oppose the rate at which it is being forced on the American public uh, it's just it's not ready for prime time it's premature it's uh, it's ideological and there are no concern for Uh, the well-being, the economic welfare, and well-being of Americans. It's once again so obvious that the policies coming out of the party that purport to be the strongest advocates for uh, certain demographics, the the hard-working American families, as they like to retort over and over again, those are the very people that are getting hurt the most by their policies. And there's no acknowledgment of that, no acceptance of that fact, that reality uh, whatsoever. It's incredible. Bare shelves Biden. It's going to get much worse like uh, Venezuela. You see in that, Rhino, the photos there? Where's that from? Uh, that's on the ceasefire text line. in the, uh, the listener sent us in photos of, yeah, just a couple of rows there of shelves that are totally empty. That is fascinating. Looks like it might be a drugstore. William and Brandon says now is the time for the GOP conservatives to set up gas stations near high schools, IHLs, and truck stops (laughs) to register new voters. Yeah, we certainly do uh, need to to change, I think, uh, the the makeup of our Congress and um, certainly in the White House as well. Otherwise, I I don't see there, there being any appetite to back down from the commitment to the greening of this country at a at a pace that it simply cannot absorb and and um, and sustain without it costing everybody a whole bunch of dang money. And I thought the idea was to in increase the the economic well being of individual households. But when you got this report we just talked about, where sixty four percent of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, it's also estimated based on the the price of gas where it is today that this cost an extra two thousand dollars sure you've seen that too rhino two thousand dollars per year for the average american two thousand dollars the other big thing that came out is the jen saki the white house press secretary the propagandist in chief for the white house in her conference yesterday was really lashing out at the Oil and gas companies saying it's not us. There's there are plenty of uh, plenty of leases. They're just not acting upon them. And and look, the oil and gas industry came out and and lashed out at them and said, you know, you won't approve our permits. In fact, uh, Tim Stewart, president of the U.S. Oil and Gas Association, he had a very straightforward response to the comments uh, uh, in the in the talk yesterday from the president where. Again, he, he took a shot at, at his industry. He says, cut the crap and approve our permits. That's a direct quote from Tim Stewart. Uh, and, and so it, 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 they, it didn't, they're not really explaining that, you know, you can hold a lease um, and, but not uh, be able to make the economics work to go drill on that, on that property. And that's why we need to open up. And to rescind these restrictions so that they can work with the industry to figure out the most economically feasible uh, land and water that is owned by the federal government to issue these leases and get these permits fast-tracked through so we can develop uh, to, to increase the supply to bring the price down. Just unbelievable. But uh, anyhow, it's, it is... Uh, is stated that there are presently 37,000 leases in production and the the ones that are sitting out there uh, amount to about 6,000 I don't know, it just seems like the, the president in his remarks just doesn't think we understand some of these things and in the meantime he's got Saudi Arabia and UAE not taking his calls and tells us all to go weatherize our homes with caulk and weather stripping and Go buy you an EV and problem solve. We'll step aside here on uh, middays when we come back. Wendy Clemens, Executive Director of Secondary Education for the Mississippi Department of Ed. We're in the Element Well Studios at the Mississippi Trademark.
11: It's not the problem, right guys? It's shopping for that diamond. How do I know I'm not
3: getting ripped off? I just want my money's worth.
15: Give us just 10 minutes at Jenica Jewelry Company and you'll have the knowledge and confidence you need to buy her the most beautiful diamond. And if
6: she doesn't say, wow, this is the most beautiful diamond I've ever seen. Bring it back for a full refund. I'm John Ravenstein. And I'm Corey Ravenstein. And we are Mississippi's direct diamond importer. With ten times the selection of diamonds you'll find in average jewelry stores. You see, the world's finest diamond cutters come to us. So there's no one else between you and your diamond. We guarantee the best price in the state. Here's our promise. Give her a Juniker's diamond. And you'll not only get your money's worth. You'll also get wow.
3: Junicker Jewelry Company. Mississippi's direct Diamond importer from anywhere in Mississippi. We're at 1485 Highland Colony Parkway, just south of 463 in Madison, and online at JunckerJewelry.com. Juncker Jewelry because love can't wait.
4: Magnolia Health is made for Mississippi, a statewide network of specialists and primary care physicians at more than 17,000 locations, community outreach programs
15: Mississippians pay over $1 billion a year in state income taxes. That's a billion dollars they can't use to buy groceries, school supplies, or pay rent. When it comes to most small businesses, that's a billion dollars they can't use to buy equipment, expand, or offer better pay and benefits. That's why NFIB supports bills to eliminate Mississippi's individual income tax and put more money in people's pockets. Visit NFIB.com ms MSTax and tell Jackson it's time to eliminate Mississippi's individual income tax. Paid for by the National Federation of Independent Business. I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Another
16: big deadline for state lawmakers today.
24: Any bills uh, from the other house that don't get out and get passed uh, die on the calendar. And that's a big day because there are a lot of bills still left on both calendars. Senator John Polk expressed some serious concerns. Right now where the personal income tax and sales tax increase bill is is that we are uh, being held hostage pretty much by the house and its leadership and i think the speaker has said that we do not need to pass any other legislation especially spending legislation until we get his bill out and that is not the way i think mississippi needs to work
16: he wants lawmakers to get to work on spending the 1.8 billion the state received in the american rescue plan the money has to be allocated in 2024 and has to be spent by 2026
18: it's time to take a road trip down to the coast for CPR Fest 20. Outside on the grounds so of the Mississippi Coast Coliseum, Saturday, April 2nd. Starring Mississippi's own, Three Doors Down,
9: Live. Three
18: Doors Down, with Seether. <laughs> Plus Bad Flower.
0: Are you ready? I'm ready. Ready here. Middays with Gerard Gibbett. On Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Midday Super Talk, Mississippi. Gerard Gibbard down at the beautiful Mississippi Trademark. We're in the Element Wealth Studios for the Mississippi Construction Education Foundation Skills USA competition. And uh, also wanted to inform uh, our audience that uh, you should tune in to our, our video today. Rhino, you got it going on with the, the background, huh?
2: Oh, yeah, just showing off some of the students applying their skills and learning trades.
1: It is awesome. I uh, appreciate that. And uh, please tell our audience uh, how they can see us on video.
2: All you got to do is go to supertalk.tv or go to Seaspire TV and search for the weather channel right next door.
1: Yeah, really cool. Uh, appreciate that. It's just amazing watching all those uh, those folks working and they're building stuff. It's pretty cool. Joining us now in the Element Wealth Studios, Wendy Clemens, the Executive Director of Secondary Education for the Mississippi Department of Education, and Amy Brown, the State Director of Career Technical uh, Education. It's Doctor Amy Brown too. Is uh, I apologize for that. But welcome to the show. It's great to be here.
27: Thank you for having us.
1: Yeah, awesome. So, uh, got got to say again how impressed I was getting the tour this morning of uh, of all those youngsters and uh, young adults, really, that are that are working on uh, these projects. It's just fascinating to see, and it's just I, I don't know. You don't expect to see people of that age group doing that kind of work but it, it uh, truly is um, amazing wendy uh, this is a great event isn't it
27: yes it's great a lot of hard work put into it but um we work have a great partnership with mcef pacific construction education foundation um and of course you talked with shante earlier and she is. puts a lot of work into this and um yeah our students prepare all year for this and You know, part of what we're preparing our kids for is the workforce, and if you go in and watch them in these competitions, you can see that they are prepared for that. Um, And our instructors do a great job of getting them ready for this uh, competition. And then these kids will go on to a national competition um, to show off their, their skills as well.
1: Uh, Dr. Brown, I I thought about grabbing a couple of them to come to my house to take care of some of the jobs I got around there right now. I mean, the the point is, uh, these skills are in high demand, and we don't have enough supply. And and there's a valid concern, is there not, that unless we keep passing down the trades and these skills, uh, that we're not going to have the workforce we need to continue to build our country.
12: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things we're focused on right now at the Department of Education and with all of our partners throughout the state is making sure we prepare these high school CTE programs for the careers that are in demand in Mississippi. So we realize through our partnership with the Mississippi Construction Education Foundation and looking at statewide employment data that there is a great need for students in the construction industries, welding, manufacturing. So a lot of our newer career and technical education programs are focused on those efforts. And, you know, we're working hard on, I think as Dr. Oakley may have mentioned earlier, um, just the appearance of career and technical education and having a communications plan to communicate to the state the importance um, of these occupations and that several of our students can get training right here in high school and be ready at 18 years old to go right in employment um, in one of these industries if we want to.
1: Yeah, and and I I know uh, somewhat just from working in uh, economic development with the Mass County Economic Development Authority, uh, one of the chief, if not the top thing that uh, employers, but more importantly, uh, perspective uh, business expansion in, in those uh, companies that are looking to set up shop in Mississippi. The, the top of the list is what does the workforce look like? Yep. Uh, Wendy and so when it's important that we've got a, um, a broad base of skilled labor ready to be hired That's otherwise right. they're not coming here.
27: That's right and so as, as Amy mentioned you know we, we try to look at the industry in the local areas and make sure that our programs are aligned to those industries so that we are providing the workforce. We also work very closely with our post-secondary institutions for students who might need to add on to those that skill set okay. in order to get that entry-level position. Um, And then we have a lot of um, uh, programs that are high tech programs uh, in CTE that a lot of people don't think about. They think about just the construction, what we're looking at here today, but uh, very high skilled, um, um, high wage jobs that students can get uh, uh, as a result of a career technical education program.
1: And Dr. Brown, how do you guys at the Career Technical Education Group, how, how do you continue to sort of update and upgrade your programs to make sure that they are consistent with uh, really with what's happening in the real world out in the industry?
12: Yeah, absolutely. We complete a um, needs assessment process for Career and Technical Education every two years, and we do that in the four workforce regions across the state of Mississippi to really understand what the needs are statewide and in each of those respective regions. Regions And we use that data and also data provided to us um, from the Mississippi Department of Employment Security to update our curriculum frameworks in CTE to make sure that they do meet those needs Um, when it comes to integrating things like technology, computer science, and some of those high tech skills into the curriculum. We do those updates during that time, so we're constantly updating the curriculum revising, adding new curriculum where needed, um, making sure that students have industry certifications and work-based learning opportunities um, within each of the curriculums, and things like we're doing today with SkillsUSA. It's very important for the students to take what they're learning in the classroom and apply it to these competitions to get real-world experience that's gonna make them better workers. in these industries across the state.
1: It seems like as innovation and technology continues to advance in in our world that no matter what uh, the job occupation is, uh, everything's got that embedded in it. And so it's become so much more highly specialized, every every job, including in the trades, than just a short decade ago, how that has changed.
27: That's correct and that takes an effort on our part to make sure that our students are prepared for that and that's why Dr. Brown mentioned that you know every two to three years we're updating our curriculum because mm-hmm. we want to make sure that our students are leaving uh, with the skill that is actually needed in the field. Um, and then also th- talking about equipment and making sure that our students are working on the proper equipment so that when they get out and get yeah, into the field, same thing
1: they that they see yeah. the same
27: thing. And and sometimes that's a challenge because that equipment is expensive and costs, costs money. And so we've tried to, in the last couple of years, really try to give grants and opportunities to our students schools to upgrade, but there's always a need for funds to the school districts to to make sure their equipment is where it needs to be.
1: Dr. Brown, how important is it to to really work closely with the private sector as you develop the programs and and make sure that you're preparing Uh, these students for their work in the private sector.
12: Absolutely, the private sector is one of the most important partners we have in career and technical education. Um, We can't do the work we do without the private sector to serve as advisors um, to the curriculum and assessments we build for students, but as we continue to expand our work-based learning Um, program throughout the state uh, um, to provide apprenticeship and internship opportunities to our students. We need the private sector to serve as mentors um, to these students and help us um, with their job placements and prepping them for the future. So we're constantly putting advisory committees together Hmm. and um, That can come together statewide um, throughout the four workforce regions within each school district of um, private sector and local business and industry to guide us in the work we do um, because it takes all of us to make this successful
1: and it makes sense that they would be so supportive would it not Wendy because they they benefit from this This is where the workforce
25: comes from
27: absolutely yeah it behooves them to to be involved I I think it takes a um, a reciprocal relationship it's uh, it's us in education reaching out to industry and industry reaching back out to, to us and sometimes we don't always speak the same language, the education ease yeah. versus that of the industry yeah. uh, but we're really working on improving that um, and making sure that our students have those opportunities in the workforce uh, we have students here today filming to help us build a, a reel for student recruitment and to show our state board what we're doing yeah. um, and they're getting work based learning hours for being here uh, doing oh, that gotcha. and so just finding those opportunities anywhere uh, to get our students because our, our industry values that they value that work-based learning opportunity that students bring to their to their um, to their fields
1: yeah and, it, and it's it's so important that we don't operate in silos, and I think there was a time when industry operated in its silo and education, and and then the old boat training, and they were, they didn't really integrate, didn't communicate. It's it's important that they work together, though.
12: Absolutely. That's that's what we strive to do every day, everybody working together. Um, Because like Mindy said, sometimes we may speak language. It's a little bit different. But we do have the same goal um, to build a strong workforce for the state of Mississippi. But for every one of our students that graduates high school, we want them ready for the next step, whatever that is for them. It could be directly to one of these high-tech careers we're training them for. They may go to college along the way and then into the career. um, But we want every student to be successful. And it takes everybody working together to make that happen
1: it gets talked about a lot wendy but maybe we can't say enough about it is the need for soft skills got about a minute left and that's a big part of the curriculum too yeah
27: yeah it's a part of every one of our curriculums it's not a separate course to teach students soft skills it's integrated into everything that these students do and you can see that in the in the behavior of our students that are here today
1: it makes it makes a difference i see smiling faces and people having fun and when people are doing that and they're smiling they're having fun they produce good outcomes that's it's right as simple as that. that's right we appreciate you ladies for coming on. Wendy Clemens and uh, Dr. Amy Brown have been our guests. When we come back, we've got Brent Bean, the vice president of Mississippi Construction Education Foundation. We're in the Element Well Studios at the Mississippi Trademark. Middays, we'll be right back. Be
15: sure
6: to tune in every Saturday morning from 10 until noon for The Handyman Show. Brought to you locally in part by Mid-South Crawl Space Solutions. Protecting your home from structural damage, cracks, humidity, mold, and more. That's Mid-South Crawl Space Solutions of Mississippi. The
10: best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at Fourth and Gold Sports Cafe. The wings, the chicken tenders and bites, fried or grilled, and the best specialty pizzas in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. 769-208-8283.
19: This is Dennis Stevenson, director of the Motor Carrier Safety Division of the Mississippi Department of Public Safety. The Highway Patrol, in conjunction with the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, Is conducting big rig road checks for safety each month throughout the state for motor vehicles. Troopers and truckers working together to keep our roads and highways safe. Since the program began we have issued over 15,000 citations to ensure that everyone is safe on the road. Troopers and truckers working together to keep our Mississippi roadways safe. Lee
25: Temple customer Clark's Construction.
19: We
14: had a complete bathroom renovation all the way
2: from the tile floor to countertops and everything that goes with uh, with a bathroom which check with other folks to see how they had worked with jerry and we always got some uh, some good reviews and never did get one that was uh that was not good and you know the trust issue was was not an issue with jerry so i'd say he's a five star
25: for a construction company you can trust call clark's construction at 601-214-9463 this
7: is the midday agri-market report high food prices sparked the top republican on the senate ag committee to ask the usda to delay the crp the conservation reserve program sign-up deadline so farmers could consider planting a crop on crp acreage instead also the american farm bureau federation called on the president to quote address high energy costs impacting all americans unquote by increasing the domestic energy production including expanding the use of biofuels The Farm Bureau Federation's call to relieve pressure on energy prices was just one of the pressure points for the agriculture. Ranking member of the Senate Ag Committee, Senator John Boozman of Arkansas, called on the USDA to offer landowners flexibility on conservation reserve program makers, so millions of acres of cropland and pasture that would have otherwise remained idle can be farmed to address both inflation and food security concerns. I'm Dixon Williams. This is... Super Talk, Mississippi, Agri News Network. It's
18: time to take a road trip down to the coast for CPR Fest 20. Outside on the grounds of the Mississippi Coast Coliseum, Saturday, April 2nd. Starring Mississippi's own Three Doors Down, live. Five. Three Doors Down with Seether. Plus Bad Flower.
1: everyone midday super talk mississippi gerard down at the mississippi trademark rhino taking care of business back there in the studio we're at the mississippi construction education foundation we have uh, relocated temporarily the element wealth studios down here to the trademark did want to follow up on something rhino uh, i couldn't remember but uh, one of my good friends texted in uh, the vice president is headed to Poland today, Poland. I couldn't remember if it was Germany. I knew it was somewhere in in uh, uh, Western Europe, but it's Poland. And so uh, what we want more than anything, I don't care who gets credit for it, is to bring this thing to a resolution and and, and stop the bloodshed that's occurring now in Ukraine and the, the horrors of war that are unfolding um, in video and images uh, being Transmitted across the globe. Let's get this thing over with. It's ridiculous, and uh, get back to a peaceful uh, life. But joining us now, Brent Bean, the vice president of the Mississippi Construction Education Foundation. Uh, Brent, thanks for coming on. This thing's incredible. It's fun, isn't it? It really is. I, I just I had no idea, and I'm so glad that uh, Mike gave me the personal tour this morning. Um, but. These uh, these youngsters, and I call them youngsters. I know they're high school uh, community college, but in uh, the pr- apprentices, they're serious about what they're doing out there. That's the neat thing about it. Yeah, they, and they, they take are. such pride in it.
28: Yeah, it's not just uh, you know. I know Mike likes to say a lot. It's not the old school Votech where we just learned how to build a birdhouse. Yeah, and everything. There is some really impressive things going on out there, and that's why we try to get people down here to see that what we're doing in the high schools now. Uh, it's really some complicated stuff and preparing these people for true careers in construction. We yeah. want them to be prepared to, if they get hired by somebody for summer help or, you know, going full term after high school or community college, whatever it may be, they really know some stuff. And they've got some real real tools uh, in their tool belt, so to yeah. say.
1: So, uh, share with our audience, if you would, Brent, uh, take take one of the trades and so, kind of describe the, the process. They show up, they get these plans to, to uh, construct a certain project that's similar or, or includes a
28: lot of the features that they would have on a job site. That, that's, that's right. So, you know, for the electricians and everything, so to speak, they show up this morning, they have no idea what they're walking into, and... They have a 7.30 meeting with a project manager, just like they would if they're showing up on a job. Okay. And they're given a set of blueprints, set of plans, and, hey, here's what we've got going on today. Here's what you're going to do. Here's where your material is located. Here's where your equipment is. Go to work. And everything they do that you see happening from there is done on their own, from these high school kids, community college, and then our apprentices as well, they're, they're giving a set of plans at 7.30, and everything else that you see has taken place since then just from them reading the plans.
1: Yeah, and it's more than just a, a simple single pole switch to a light bulb. Uh, I looked at it. Mike was telling me there's three- and four-way switching circuitry built in and stuff
28: like yeah, that. I mean, they're putting breaker boxes up. They're putting disconnects. They're putting <laughs> weatherheads. I mean, they, it's it's anything that you would see on a true job site. You know, because a lot of these contractors that support us and that are here today uh judging for us and project managing these are commercial grade contractors so they're 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 drawing up plans that is going to be you know more than just going in a house and switching out a a a wall switch or an outlet i mean they're putting in some pretty serious stuff
1: it it, it truly is awesome and then um also saw the Uh, the high quality birch material
28: in the cabinet making uh, area as well that's pretty neat that is and uh, all those are high school people and what's neat about it is the high school curriculum they take a, a level one of carpentry that they're going through yeah but so some of these kids that are doing the cabinet making there's not a cabinet making class in high school so these are some that choose to work in a an off period or stay a little later after school uh, to stay with their instructor to really fine-tune those skills for this stuff because it's not something that they are working on yearly during school they're putting in a little extra time on their own because uh, they've shown the passion that hey yeah this is something that I really like it's what it takes though it was they it I was talking to one of our board, board members was touring a while ago, Dave Clayball with McNeely Plastics was walking around checking out, he said, man, I did this 40 years ago. This is what I, and I was laying brick in this competition. <laughs> And he said, one of the things that I learned in my construction class, we built a bookshelf. And he said, do you know that 40 years later, my mom still has that bookshelf <laughs> that, awesome? that I built when I was in high school. So that's that's cool. And i, I got to believe uh, some of these students, they
1: develop a relationship with these instructors, do, do they not?
28: They do. And you can, you can tell how much... It's like parents. They really do care about yeah. them. Uh, Gary Beelen, our area director, was talking about it earlier. The welding teams were getting ready yesterday to start their stuff, and all these instructors were pulled around. They're just leaning over the curtains, and they're just all antsy and everything. And Gary <laughs> went up to him. He said, Man, he said, y'all look like a bunch of people that's about to send your kids off to kindergarten for the first time ever. <laughs> he said, Hey, as much time as we invested in them, that's what we feel like. That Those are awesome. our kids. It's great
1: stories. It's great to be here. Brent, thanks so much uh, for joining us, and I'm sure we'll talk to you soon. In the next hour, we've got uh, Stephanie Lee, the executive director of the Mississippi State Board of Contractors. The lieutenant governor, Delbert Hoseman, scheduled to join us. Ryan Miller with Accelerate Mississippi and Tony Carroll, president of the Mississippi State Board of Contractors. Middays from the Element Well Studios. We'll be right back.
0: For Ole Miss Sports, WFMN, Flora Jackson, Super Talk, Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros 601 345
11: 8090. Fox News, I'm Chris Foster. Ukraine's government reports a Russian attack on a maternity and children's hospital in Mariupol. Since the invasion started, a senior U.S. defense official tells Fox the Russians have fired more than 710 missiles, about half from within Ukraine, half from Russia. We're also told Russia has lost about 700 military vehicles in the fight. Roman Temchishan lives in Northern Ireland, born in Ukraine. He went back to drive refugees to Poland.
5: There are people who lost their homes. Uh, they, Some people who lost their relatives, which is terrible, of course. And um, But there are also people who are uh, so confident about the future.
11: He was on Fox and Friends. There are a lot of help wanted signs around the
25: U.S.
15: The Labor Department's job openings and labor turnover summary says the number of unfilled positions remained very high in January, little changed from December at 11.3 million.
11: Fox's Jenny Casola, America's listening to Fox News. As locals, ADS Security is committed to keeping the community safe. We're the same great company, same local office, with the same local service you've counted on for years. Visit us in Gluckstadt, ADS Security, 601-898-3105. Call today. Your
0: window tent headquarters at Auto Trim Designs on Highway 80 in Pearl is now also your best source for the lasting protection of Expel paint protection film. Your car is too precious to fail to protect it from bugs, rocks, and road debris. For more info, go to autotrimdesigns.com.
16: I'm Kelly Bennett and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The nationwide average for gas is up to 4.25 from 4.17 yesterday. The average in Mississippi is up to 3 3.92, just 4 cents shy of the highest recorded average price in 2008. While the war in Ukraine is a contributing factor, lawmakers like Congressman Michael Guest blame Democrats for not increasing domestic fuel
8: production. We must begin to drill and drill immediately so that we can once again become energy independent.
16: Many, including Senator Roger Wicker, were calling on the president to increase domestic production before Russia invaded Ukraine.
14: In this continent where where God gave us plentiful fossil fuels, which we can use to uh, transport ourselves in uh, an environmentally friendly way, uh, we've decided not to use them here in the United States, but to let our adversaries in Eastern Europe take advantage of that. Wheel of That's right,
11: now you can play Wheel of Fortune practically anywhere. With the Wheel of Fortune scratch-off ticket from the Mississippi Lottery, you can win up to 17 times on a single ticket. The top prize is a cool $100,000. It even has its own second chance promotional prizes. You can win trips, prizes, and yes, even more cash. Get your Wheel of Fortune scratch-off tickets today and have fun, y'all. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.
16: Gluckstadt is the latest municipality to opt out of the state's new medical marijuana program. On a 3-2 to two vote Tuesday, Gluckstadt became the third Jackson Metro city to opt out. Kevin Bullard, who spoke at the meeting, argued that crime would follow if Mississippi's newest city decided to partake.
7: Do you honestly believe that where large
16: amounts of this substance go, that climb won't follow? Gluckstadt is following the lead of Ridgeland, Brandon, and Pass Christiane. Other municipalities have until May 3rd to decide if they want to be a part of the program. The largest cruise ship to ever hit the Mississippi River is set to sail. The first of Vikings' new Mississippi River cruise ships floated out onto the water for the first time earlier this week. The vessel measures 450 feet in length, and it's 75 feet wide wide with a total of five decks voyages are set to begin in june of 2022 for Super Talk mississippi news i'm kelly bennett
2: this is jake mangum not some actor wearing a red shirt whenever i was up to bat at msu i would see farm bureau insurance they supported me then and they take care of me now i couldn't ask for more supportive teammates if you aren't already with farm bureau it's time to join the team Visit FaveRates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance, or find a local agent at msfbins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance, go with the home team.
3: the folks in the capital city metro area love to have you join me tomorrow morning six till nine gallo show will start your day the informed way super talk mississippi 97.3 and now and now the talk that keeps mississippi
0: talking
25: That's what i like to listen to
0: you're listening to middays with gerard gibbert here on super talk mississippi
22: Welcome
1: back, everyone. Hour three of middays from the Mississippi Trademark. We're at the Mississippi Construction Education Foundation Skills USA competition. We have temporarily relocated the Element Wealth Studios down to the beautiful Mississippi Trademark. Joining us now... Uh, Right here in the studios, Wendy Clemens. uh, Oh, I'm sorry, Stephanie Lee, the Executive Director of the Mississippi State Board of Contractors. I'm sorry about that. Stephanie (laughs) looked at the wrong hour. Uh, Appreciate you coming on. This is uh, just a great event. I I just checked in there, and the, the projects are coming along, aren't they?
23: Yes, they are. Fantastic work by the students in there.
1: I, I, the, the one, the team competition in particular got my attention because those are some pretty big structures that they're building And When I, when I went through there this morning, it was just a framework, and now they're all getting covered up, and they're getting all that stuff done. So um, that is truly fascinating. Uh, what uh, What is the relationship of your organization, the State Board of Contractors? How do you guys get involved with this?
23: Well, the uh, Mississippi State Board of Contractors is involved with um, supporting MCEF. Actually, about 25-plus years ago, leaders in the construction industry realized that we would be facing a workforce shortage. So they decided to do something about it. And what they did was petition the legislature to add an additional fee onto the license fee for contractors. And we collect that fee and then in turn disperse all that money back exclusively for construction education and craft training at various um, high school programs through the MCEF. Uh, foundation as well as community colleges and
1: universities. Okay, so was the foundation, um, it, it was the idea, my understanding, of the private sector. Correct. Is that right? Yeah, okay.
23: leaders in the construction okay. industry. Um, like I said, petitioned the yeah. legislature yeah. to self-impose an additional fee, which we collect, and then in turn, they uh, in that same piece of legislation created the Mississippi Construction Education Foundation, and then those funds are uh, funds are yeah. dispersed to them.
1: That sounds like a very worthy investment, though. I mean, they're they're investing in their their futures and they're investing in their future workforce, essentially.
23: Exactly, and that's exactly what it was for is yeah. to help ensure that we have an adequate workforce in Mississippi. Is
1: is that Are there similar uh, programs in place in other states?
23: Um, There's uh, some other states that have... you know construction education uh programs um and then we've actually um i have worked with a couple of other states and i'm talking to a couple of other states right now that want to mirror our program so we're hoping that we can share our ideas and our processes with those other states to to help in in those areas as well
1: i haven't been able to hold this event the last two years right that's correct yeah because of the covid situation it's it's good to get back but this facility is incredible isn't it yeah it it is very
23: nice being over here a little more room to spread out, and uh, I think everybody's really excited to be down here at the new trademark.
1: And so I uh, assume that uh, just looking at, at uh, the posters, the boards up in front of all the various construction areas, I would assume that most of those involved in the judging, which are, are from the private sector, from the industries that, that, uh, that are associated with the construction projects, those particular trades, are your members.
23: That's correct. Yeah. They're license holders through the State Board of Contractors.
1: And uh, it's it's got to be quite the honor for them to get selected to participate in this and serve as a judge. That's pretty cool.
23: Yeah. And I know that uh, they really appreciate them volunteering their time to come down yeah. here. Um, and, and they have an interest in ensuring you know uh, that, that this uh, goes forward and that these uh, students and apprentices are trained and, and doing good work because uh, that benefits them in the long run.
1: Yeah. How many members do you have uh, uh, in the board?
23: Uh, uh, Board members yeah, are license members holders. The board
1: members first.
23: Okay. Yes. Um We have 10 members on the board of contractors, and then five residential standing committee members. So our board is a comprehensive board that licenses um, residential as well as commercial road builders, electricians, um, all the all the different trades.
1: And and how are they appointed? Who has who holds those appointments?
23: Board members are appointed by the governor to five-year terms. Those are staggered terms. And they're all uh, members of the construction industry, residents of the state of Mississippi, and then have uh, performed um, in their respective trades for at least 10 years.
14: Okay, so the
1: governor does appoint all all 10 members, right? Correct. Okay. Um, And then license holders, how many of those do you have?
23: Uh, we have um, over 10,000 license holders, um, actually, uh, it's probably a little closer to about 10,500 plus, um, and that's um, some of the highest numbers uh, that we've had since I've been with the agency and that I started with the agency back in 2008.
1: Yeah, and it, it's uh, almost without question, is it not, any sort of construction project where a, um, a buyer, an owner is going to hire a contractor, pretty much require that license. <laughs>
23: Yeah. So for residential, new residential construction um, over 50,000, or residential remodeling over 10,000, requires the license. And then on the commercial side, all commercial contractors, uh, generals and subcontractors over 50,000, is required to have a state license.
1: Okay. Um, and, th- and as I recall, there's a there's a test that has to be completed. Is that right? Um-
23: depending on the classification of work that you're doing there may be a trade exam. So commercial building construction, residential construction of course have an exam but there are some specialty classifications that don't have a trade exam.
1: Okay gotcha. And there's a a fee as well, an annual fee? Is that how it works?
23: It's an annual fee. The license is good from one year from the date of issuance. So for residential applicants it's a $50 fee and then commercial applicants it's $400 fee and then uh, uh, annual renewal and actually this is the 70th uh, year that the board has been in existence we were created in 1952 and the fees have only been raised twice in that 70 years and both times it was associated with this um, fee that's collected exclusively for construction education
1: that's amazing how, how important is it uh, to to those that are in the, the industry to keep this talent here in the state of Mississippi to fill these jobs
23: oh it's extremely important we want to make sure that you know we have good students that are doing good work we have a lot of good vocational programs and uh, uh, construction education programs at the community college level and the university level and uh, it's you know important for Mississippi uh, that we keep that talent here in the state
1: and then of course the formation of accelerate uh, Mississippi with Ron. Ryan Miller is the executive director there. He's on the program uh, later on in the hour. Uh, that seems to be a, a valuable piece of this puzzle as well, does it not? In getting our workforce prepared and trained and and uh, and out there working and filling these jobs.
23: Yeah, that's correct. And I just met Ryan a few moments ago, and look forward to uh, working with him uh, moving forward.
1: Yeah. What what about construction projects uh, in the state of Mississippi? Do, do you have any visibility into that of uh, what the what the trend is like? Are we on an upward trend, um, kind of level year over year, or does it look like it's improving? Uh,
23: the the last couple of years, it's you know just exploded. Yeah. So um, from all different sectors, residential um, as well as others, um, and uh, you know. It, when COVID uh, first hit, we thought that you know, we would see a decline, but it was quite the opposite, and it just yeah. exploded, and it has continued like. to do so.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, if you just talk anecdotally to any of your contacts, they all say that if they're looking to do some sort of uh, construction or need some sort of um, services at an existing uh, property, be it residential or commercial, hard to find folks, which is why we need to get these, these young people trained and into the workforce.
23: Yeah, and uh, you know, whenever I talk to uh, young people, they're always looking for autonomy and flexibility, yeah. and this uh, obviously is an occupation that offers that for them. So, and that, yeah, we use that to, to to draw them in.
1: Yeah, and uh, it, it's it's a little different than being tethered to the desk, you know, <laughs> as uh, as many occupations require, but uh, especially uh, folks that are inclined to like to work with their. Uh, with their motor skills, uh, this is a, this is the right job for them. That's right. Yeah, and, and they ha- they have fun. That's the other big thing that I, I noticed as well, Stephanie. Is when they're when we were walking around the floor, they're having fun. They're they're smiling, um, and they just look like they're taking a, a sense of pride with every little task they complete.
23: That's right. And if you, if you, I don't know if you had a chance to uh, talk with any of them, but they're all, you know, super bright, very well mannered, I'm always impressed by the ones that are here competing at the competition.
1: It, it seems to be a positive statement about the quality of our, our public education as well, does it not? Our education in general. Yeah. Uh, I think it, it makes a good statement for that when you see the, uh, the, the talent and the, and the quality of the people that we have present here today. That's a testament, I think, to our educational systems and their mentors, their instructors, who who take a vested interest in this as well.
23: I would wholeheartedly agree with you on that.
1: So, and that is something I think the state of Mississippi can can take uh, a lot of pride in. Do you see this event uh, uh, to the extent you know getting getting bigger? Is it is it are we we having uh, difficulty getting the the uh, youngsters to get involved in this and participate in this or or is this, is this something that seems to be in demand, seems to be getting some traction amongst our, our young folks?
23: Yeah, um, and I, I, it had grown. Um, I think uh, MCF would tell you that it had grown over the years. And then, of course, like you mentioned earlier, uh, the pandemic caused them um, to, to have to cancel it for the last two years. But uh, that'll get, now that the ball's back rolling, I see more and more wanting to be involved with it.
1: Yeah. Sure seems like it. Well, it's uh, it's an honor for us to be here and, and uh, appreciate uh, your organization, the State Board of Contractors, for being involved in this as well. It's just a good thing that when you see the private sector and the public sector and foundations get involved to produce really good outcomes, and I think this is a, a great example of that. Yeah, it sure is. Appreciate it. Stephanie Lee, the Executive Director of the Mississippi State board of contractors has been our guest we're down at the mississippi Trade Mart in the element well studios we've got lieutenant governor delbert hoseman coming up next followed by ryan miller the executive director of accelerate mississippi stay with us
13: From Biloxi to Batesville and everywhere in between, Mississippi families work hard to put food on the table. With near record inflation eating into our paychecks, it's getting harder. Today, the average family is having to spend $276 more a month than the same time last year, just to keep up. Mississippi leaders have a unique opportunity to put real money back into the pockets of working people by eliminating the state's income tax, allowing our citizens to keep what they earn and invest in their families, their businesses, and our communities. Now is the time for bold action that sets Mississippi on a path to success for generations to come. To send a signal to our people and the world that Mississippi is open to business, call your lawmaker and encourage them to move Mississippi forward by joining the likes of Tennessee, Texas, and Florida and eliminating its income tax. Visit EmpowerMS.org
4: to learn more and take action.
11: Paid for by Empower Mississippi.
4: Magnolia Health is made for Mississippi.
3: Get ready for Trustmark College Baseball, April 5th, as Ole Miss challenges the University of Southern Mississippi. Get your tickets at Ticketmaster.com or the Trustmark Park box office. Enjoy fun for the whole family. Get your tickets now for both games of the Trustmark College Baseball series. Trustmark College Baseball, featuring Ole Miss versus the University of Southern Mississippi, April 5th. And then on April 26th, the Governor's Cup with Mississippi State versus Ole Miss. A Spectrum event production. Here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning six to nine. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis—all right here on Super Talk Jackson, ninety-seven point three.
0: Now back to middays with Gerard here on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Midday Super Talk Mississippi. Gerard is down at the Mississippi Trademark today for the Mississippi Construction Education Foundation Skills USA competition. We have uh, relocated the Element Wealth Studios down here watching uh, these young folks compete in the Skills USA competition where they are competing across uh, the categories of the construction trades, and it's just fascinating. I did peek my head in at the break. Uh, in the hall there, on the in the trademark, the big hall where the, all the construction is is taking place, and the projects are coming along nicely. They got six hours from the time they got here this morning to compete uh, and complete the projects. And then uh, various uh, members of of the industries in those respective trades will will grade those projects. And there is a, a set of prescribed criteria and standards that they use to to grade. And they'll pick a winner and they'll. Head off to the Skills USA competition and hopefully they'll win that and bring home the bacon for the state of Mississippi. But joining us now, Ryan Miller, the executive director of Accelerate Mississippi. Ryan, good to see you again, sir. Well, it's great to be here again. Thank you, Gerard. So uh, how are you guys involved with this? How is Accelerate Mississippi getting involved with the uh, MCEF and uh, all these other organizations as well, the State Board of Contractors mm-hmm. and, and the private sector? It, it's really Department of Education, mm-hmm. Career Technical Education, uh, just a great example of a lot of good organizations working together mm-hmm. to get our youth ready to go to work.
26: Well, obviously we're excited to be uh, here and getting to witness the, this is an amazing event and it doesn't take very long to walk through the hall to see these young people love what they're doing. It's incredible. And I think from our perspective, you know, we were created as an office to try to help coordinate and and, and uh, uh, be the tip of the spear, if you will, for workforce strategy development and deployment. But part of that is understanding where there are opportunities in industry out in the business sector and helping paving the way to get young people into those careers and this MCEF does a great job of highlighting those opportunities. And you've got contractors in there right now that are just chomping at the bit to sign these kids up to come to work. <laughs>
1: Unbelievable. Making good money, I might add. Uh, exactly. Making, making good money. And, and, and we should uh, point out as well is that uh, the, these various trade skills... Uh, and the, the the tools and the techniques and the technologies and, and uh, the standards that they use today, mm-hmm. it's evolved quite a bit. Oh it's yeah, pretty, pretty complex. Uh, I was
26: uh, I was talking with some folks who involved in construction just this past Monday, and they were, we were talking about you know the, the the misnomer of it being low skills versus high skills. You know, you, have to, you really have to be sharp with your math skills and yeah. what you're doing here. The technology just in the tools alone that students are using in that, uh, in that workspace are as sophisticated as they come. So this is a high skill, high demand, high trajectory job path, and we're excited just to get to witness it. Yeah. In fact, I've got my kids that are, are, are in route right now to come see this because I, I want
1: them to witness <laughs> that this. That is awesome. And, and so I, I, what happens is you introduce all, all these tools and these new technologies into these skills Mm -hmm. into these trades and what typically happens is using those tools they're able to produce more Mm uh... and be more productive Mm -hmm. in in the construction and when that happens uh, there's there's more wealth created. There's more mm-hmm. money available. That's sure. why the pays up,
26: Well, we and you produce so much. Absolutely, money. and you've got you've got young people who are able to write their own tickets. There, I mean, they're going into the business sector, where if they're coming right out of high school, or if they go to community college and get some training, um, they can make a great living and have some independence that other people yeah. would just die for. I, I, I'll say this. Uh, you know, we we're accelerate. We're excited to be a partner and to, and to be here. Uh, we want to convey to students and, and moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas we want to dispel the myth that there's a plan a and a plan b in planning for your career. Yeah. This and these trades are every bit as, as as much of a plan a as going to college or going to get a law degree like I did which by the way uh, there are people who are making tons more money than I am as, a, as an attorney, but uh, as in those uh, skills yeah, uh, than absolutely. I am as an attorney. But this this is just an opportunity to really highlight the fact that the path available to students for great jobs, great careers, leads right through the trademark this morning.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. Mm. And it's, uh, it's great that we are, are doing this here in the state of Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And, and we just had Stephanie Lee on, as you probably heard that interview, mm-hmm. the executive director of the Board of Contractors. Uh, suggesting that there are other states that are looking at mirroring what we're doing here. How about that?
26: <laughs> That's awesome. How about that? Well,
1: they uh, look. You've got
26: uh, you've got some great partners here working diligently to try to make this uh, a fun, safe environment for kids to explore these career paths. And I, I mean, I would. Other states need to take note of that. Yeah. Uh, probably uh, uh, setting a standard for a lot of our our neighbors to the west and to the east. Uh, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad they might be being a copycat uh, for once for good reason so that's a, that's wonderful news
1: you know i i've read some reports ryan that are are somewhat alarming and that they say you know we we're still got to build stuff mm-hmm. and we're not uh, creating enough uh human talent mm-hmm. and resources and workers to build these things of the future mm-hmm. to keep our country and our and our world going and i uh, i mean some somewhat sounding the alarm sure, there. Sure. You, you see in the same. Oh,
26: thing? absolutely. Look, the and, and part of this is a messaging. This part of this is how we communicate. Um, you know, I I we've talked about this ad nauseum that when when you see uh, uh, you know a, a skilled individual building a structure, you, you've got to remind them as well as the people who are witnessing that they're not just building a a, a this random structure. They're building somebody's home. They're building a hospital. They're they're building infrastructure. These are people that are using their hands to contribute to their community in ways that we just take for granted every day. So we've got to make sure the message we're conveying to young people is that you have an opportunity, yes, for a great career, yes, to make great money, but you've got an opportunity here unlike many other avenues you could pursue that really makes a difference in yeah. your community.
1: Yeah, and the, the, the cool thing about this kind of work, uh, Ryan, is that you, you really can get instant feedback and that sense of accomplishment.
26: There's, there's no doubt. I, I, in fact, we were walking through there and I saw some of the things they are building and said, you know, growing up when I did something, I got a trophy. <laughs> These people have something they can really, they yeah. can really show. It's, not a, it's a trophy of sorts, but I mean, the, some of the structures they're building, I'd rather have that than this little piece of plastic sitting <laughs> on my, my bookshelf. It's an amazing thing what they do, and if we can convey that messaging correctly to more students more people want to get involved in that. And so the, the cliff that we're facing where more and more people in the trades are going to be retiring or, or uh, uh, get out of the, the, the job market here in the future, we just have to be prepared uh, to make sure that the message is getting to the people that need to hear it the most. There's opportunity for great careers. There's opportunity to give back to your community in meaningful ways. And the things that you can create with your own hands are just, it's just amazing. I, I tried to rebuild a table this past weekend. I want to tell you, I needed some help from some of these
1: young people. It was pretty bad. and, and, you get paid to do it. You boot, so so that's so. exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. And and the other thing I think that's that's just been kind of an evolution in our society is as we've moved more to. Um, a service economy, mm-hmm. which we which we have, mm-hmm. uh, that there are a lot of folks just don't have these skills to do these things on their own. I being one of them, um, mm-hmm. uh, but they're more than willing to, to pay people that do, oh, and sure. that's created a whole new industry or no set of industries, no
26: question. And, and the way we look at it from Accelerate's position is that you know this is we want to look at the holistic approach. The workforce involves a great many different sectors, all of which have needs. We have to make sure as a state organization that we're doing everything we can to deploy the resources that we have to make sure those needs are met. And this is one of those areas we've got to focus on.
1: Uh, the other thing that uh, that just catches my attention, mm-hmm. uh, Ryan, is that this collaboration we have uh, amongst all the various organizations mm-hmm. that are involved in this, such as yours, the Department of mm-hmm. Education, mm-hmm. the Foundation itself, State Board of Contractors, Private Industry. Uh, I know I've said it before on the show today but it, it bears repeating that this is when we produce the best outcomes. Oh, there's for society. No doubt. I you know the the you know the the
26: buckshot approach where everyone's doing their own thing carrying their own banner charging their own hill has never worked very well. Right. If we can coordinate our efforts, coordinate our resources together and have a common goal, link arms and actually move in the same direction, imagine what we can accomplish and this is an example where that's taken
1: place. And there's no substitute for uh, the value of knowledge transfer and information exchange between the organizations. You can't get better oh, you're doing that.
26: Absolutely, absolutely. And we're, again, from our office's perspective, we're still learning. And we're still uh, somewhat wet behind the ears and greenhorns, horn, green if, if you will, but uh, getting to be here and just get to witness this and hear from some of our partners and, and understand you know, the, all the opportunity that exists, we're just excited to get to, 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 to be a part of that process of Lincoln Arms and moving in that direction.
1: I got to believe that when employers, or or more importantly, companies, organizations, private sector in particular, that are looking at uh, locating or setting up shop here in in Mississippi, maybe it's uh, to form a brand new business, maybe it's to expand a a new one, maybe it's to set a branch up or a factory or plant, what have you, of a large organization. It's what they look at. They mm-hmm. look at that workforce more than anything. When they know we have programs like this in mm-hmm. place, that, that's got to work in our favor.
26: They, you know, oftentimes we'll hear from employers that really what they're interested in is that certainly there are skills that are necessary, but they want people who show up to work, who are willing to work hard. Willing to learn something new, and I think um, it, you know it, it wouldn't take you very long walking through this hall today to meet young people who uh, who are excited about learning and ready to roll up their sleeves. This is an exciting day for Mississippi. That's awesome, and
1: we encourage everyone to come on down. We're at the Mississippi Trademark at the Mississippi Construction Education Foundation Skills USA competition. Our guest has been Ryan Miller, the executive director of Accelerate Mississippi. We'll step aside here on middays. We're in the Element Well Studios at the Mississippi. Trademark. We're still expecting that Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman may join us and then we've got uh, Tony Carroll President of the Mississippi State Board of Contractors and owner of Sanderson Construction will round out the day here on Middays. We'll be right back.
10: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and cutting needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, mostly cloudy skies, high near 58. Tonight, mostly cloudy, low around 39. Your Thursday, sunny conditions, high near 68. Thursday evening, mostly clear, low around 43. And a look to Friday, a 40% chance of rain, mostly sunny, high near 73. This weather brought to you by our friends at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. Shop local. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, your building supply expert since 1871.
6: Discount Gun Safe says the Browning safes have arrived. Too many, in fact. Security Joe's warehouse is bursting at the seams, and he's having a huge sale to make room for his Hummer. For a limited time only, choose a Browning Sporter, Rawhide, Hog, or Silver Series gun safe, all with overstock price discounts. Take advantage of a special shipment of Browning Hog 49 gun capacity safes, discounted hundreds of dollars just for this sale. Whether you need a high capacity safe for that expensive gun collection or have just a few guns, important paper, jewelry, or cash, Discount Gun Safe has something to fit any size and budget. Need it delivered? If you live less than 100 miles from the store, delivery starts at just $100. Put your tax refund to good use by purchasing a Browning safe at the lowest prices of the year. See these and other safes by visiting the showroom of Discount Gun Safe. 2636 Old Brandon Road in Pearl, Mississippi, or call 601-939-8233. That's 601-939-8233.
4: The King of please.
16: I'm Kelly Bennett and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The nationwide average for gas is up to 4.25 from 4.17 yesterday. The average in Mississippi is up to 3.92, just 4 cents shy of the highest recorded average price in 2008. While the war in Ukraine is a contributing factor, lawmakers like Congressman Michael Guest blame Democrats for not increasing domestic fuel production.
18: We must begin to drill and drill immediately so that we can once again become energy independent.
16: Many, including Senator Roger Wicker, were calling on the president to increase domestic production before Russia invaded Ukraine.
14: In this continent where where God gave us plentiful fossil fuels, which we can use to uh, transport ourselves in uh, an environmentally friendly way, uh, we've decided not to use them here in the United States, but to let our adversaries in Eastern Europe take advantage of that.
0: your news your talk your weather and your sports all in one place supertalk.fm every show every podcast and every late-breaking story all in one place supertalk.fm
19: prime shrimp is a proud sponsor of tasty tuesday on good things with rebecca turner go to PrimeShrimp.com to get pre-season easy to cook shrimp delivered straight to your door
1: Midday's back with you live from the Mississippi trademark for the Mississippi Construction Education Foundation Skills USA competition. We are in the Element Well Studios. Gas four dollars and seventeen from West Hattiesburg. That on the C Spire text line. Uh, I saw it uh, four ten this morning on the way in the. National average is being reported at four and a quarter. And interestingly enough, a Russian president, Vladimir Putin, says that if the West bans oil imports, so the, the oil import announced by the White House yesterday only applies to this country, which imports 3% of its oil from Russia. Russia supplies about 11% of total oil uh... produced in the world eleven percent and it's their primary source of revenue and it's funding the war as we talked about but nonetheless russian president vladimir putin says it is absolutely clear that a rejection of russian oil would lead to catastrophic consequences for global market that was actually a statement pronounced by the russian deputy prime minister on behalf of the president says the surge in prices would be unpredictable. It would be $300 per barrel, if not more. So you can do the math there. You're talking nearly three times what it is today. So you can do the math at the pump. That $4 gas would go to $12. And there's, there are some who are predicting such $12 per gallon would have catastrophic consequences on not only the economy of this country, but the global economy as well. And that's why this thing has got to uh, come to some sort of uh, peaceful resolution so that we can, uh, uh, first of all, restore order in Ukraine, that's most importantly, and stop the bloodshed. But the economy is is getting ransacked with this. The markets are up today. I think just responding from the huge sell-off we've witnessed the last few days, but I haven't checked it in a while. Last I checked, the NASDAQ up over 400, the Dow up over 700. So almost a a complete reversal of what we saw on Monday. Incredible volatility that I think we can continue uh, to expect. More text on the C text line, diesel 489 this morning, 515. 515? Wow, same store. That's from Michael it's seven this morning i'm sorry and then now at five dollars and fifteen cents so in a short six hours the price has gone up uh, 26 cents that from michael in uh new albany 3.99.9 in starkville that's from from david on the ceasefire text line wanda 429 in richland uh mississippi uh, Philip in Walthall County says, German industry education partnership model. And this is in, in uh, a comment about what we've got going on here with the Mississippi Construction Education Foundation Skills USA competition. It says, German industry education partnership model. I've worked with that in the German-American partnership program for more than 10 years, vocational high school in Germany. Every student was an apprentice at BMW, automotive parts supplier, house builder, etc., what about what about time or I should say about time we do this would be glad to help with this at the state level appreciate that Philip and uh, I know many of them are listening but I think that uh, might that idea might have some merits and and probably should be discussed and debated Um, uh, also Gary Meridian says that uh, talking about the VP, you know, the primary, one of the primary responsibilities of the vice president is foreign diplomacy, but many of the heads of state, particularly from the eastern countries, do not respect females. Huh. In many countries, their culture doesn't recognize them as equals. Hard for us to understand here in the good old USA. Appreciate that, Gary. Rhino, I know you keep up with that sort of stuff. Well, what do you know about that, sir?
2: I mean, there are varying degrees of equality and understanding in different cultures around the world, and he is right when you, when you get to the quote-unquote Eastern countries, uh, in Asia especially, they tend to have a, a lesser degree of equality when it comes between men and women.
1: Hmm. Yeah, but does it not seem like all the attacks, all the, all the condemnation, all the criticism, it's always on this country. Which which uh, I still maintain is uh, uh, the most equal in in terms of rights across uh, the the various physical characteristics, race, gender, ethnicity, etc. Uh, but yet we're always the the one that seems to be the the target of all the criticism. It, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, Gee, we are headed. Are we headed for another recession? That on the ceasefire text line. So, actually touched on that a little bit yesterday. It is absolutely true uh, what I'm about to say here. That if you go back and look at, at recessions historically, uh, we did not witness a surge in oil prices prior to the recession, and, and thus you could not um, align or associate the high price of gas with a recession. But every time we have had uh, a spike in the price of gas, uh, the way we are witnessing in oil right now, we have always had a recession to follow it. So um, they're 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 kind of they kind of work that way. And it, many economists right now are predicting that uh, a recession by fourth quarter this year, and then on into uh, first first half of next year I've I've seen many of that the other thing that that we pay attention to is yield curve inversion which just means that the interest paid on uh, bonds sold by the federal government for longer uh, terms such as a 30-year bond when the interest rates on those are lower than the short-term bonds or bills and notes as they are that uh, that foretells a, a recession as well. So both of those uh, those uh, features are present in our current economic situation. We've got inverted yield curve. We've got high price of oil. We've got spiraling inflation. We've got a Fed that says they're going to start raising rates, which is designed to to curb uh, demand and and uh, curbing demand it typically results in a, a tempering of inflation so just so many and in the geopolitical situations you've, you've probably seen reports of the price of, of nickel and palladium and and other minerals skyrocket the price of wheat uh, figuring into so much of our, our food products as well all all of this is a function of the of the situation and or that is in particular the situation in Ukraine and we're not helping the situation here in the United States by exploiting our vast uh, fossil fuels resources and energy resources to to try to push the price of oil down which is a major component uh, of so much of, of what we produce that we consume uh, f- from food to electronics doesn't really matter but so I'm concerned about it. How does the recession affect the midterms help Republicans? Is that a question uh, from Thomas and Greenwood. You know, I, I'm just gonna, I think, uh, double down on my belief and my view that, that people do vote with their pocketbooks. They vote based on their economic situation, their economic status. And when they step into the uh, the the uh, place where they cast their ballot at the, at the uh, precinct there, at the ballot box and I think they'd consider what's my current financial situation like my economic situation and it just seems like one of the more visible aspects of that always has been is price at the pump maybe that's because there are digital signs now <laughs> uh all over the roads that tell you what that is and people pay attention to that and when they pay attention to that that I think that affects their behavior and their mindset and their sentiment so yeah I, I would have to believe that this is going to be And I think most uh, political folks do uh, agree that um, those in the political realm that this is bad news for Democrats and good news for Republicans. Now, you know, that's not to suggest that they can get anything done because as long as we've got a Democrat president in the White House that that uh, stands in the way of any kind of meaningful policy changes that would uh, that would uh, impose positive reactions and result in, in in positive economic changes i'm just not convinced that's going to happen yeah thomas says lots of gas stations have just turned their price signs off have to pull up the pump to pump see the price i guess they don't want to scare folks um you know with the ridiculous numbers out there but you know with the with the digital world we live in who hasn't seen photos i mean we all have right of this Ridiculous price uh, on the signage across the country, in particular in California, where it, it is uh, t- typically the highest in the nation. But I've seen seven and seven dollars and change for for regular. I'm not sure about you guys or Rhino if you've seen any of that coming out of California. I'm talking about, but yeah, that doesn't think that bodes well. It's time for a break here on uh, Middays. We are down at the Mississippi Trademark for the Mississippi Construction Education Foundation Skills USA competition in the Element Well Studios when we return Tony Carroll, president of the Mississippi State Board of Contractors.
29: Alice and Callaway. Since 1954, Callaway's has been family owned and operated. We offer fine merchandise at reasonable prices. We have what you need to make your outdoors beautiful and colorful. Callaway's has a large selection of trees and shrubs. Callaway's has special pricing on outdoor patio furniture with all the new 2022 collections arriving. We offer landscaping. Our designers, Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle, can design and install your landscape from a small job to a total transformation. Let Callaways turn your backyard into a staycation destination. Give us a call to discuss your landscaping needs. Bring your truck or trailer. Callaway's offers bulk soils for pickup and local delivery. Refilling your propane tanks is always the better option, and Callaway's is a propane refilling station. When you refill, you get more propane for less money. Callaway's in Gluckstadt, on Calhoun Station Parkway, south of Germantown High. Everything for home and
27: garden, that's what Callaway's is.
4: Magnolia Health is made for Mississippi
25: Partner with RJ Young for your business printing needs. You get the RJ Young difference, superior service, in-house leasing option, and a we-make-it-right guarantee. Choose RJ Young for your HP-wide format equipment and supplies needs. Print with confidence and trust HP Original Supplies for consistent, uninterrupted printing. To learn more about our office equipment and technology, visit rjyoung.com slash printers. RJ Young partners with the best printer manufacturers like HP to offer you the best technology solutions that power your business.
11: Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do.
18: It's time to take a road trip down to the coast for CPR Fest 20. Outside on the grounds so of the Mississippi Coast Coliseum, Saturday, April 2nd. Starring Mississippi's own. Three doors down, live.
19: Three
18: doors down with Cedar. It's right, yeah. Get around, Plus bad flower.
1: Down. Welcome back, everyone. Midday Super Talk, Mississippi. We are at the Mississippi Trademark for the Mississippi Construction Education Foundation Skills USA Competition in the Element Wealth Studios. Our guest now is Tony Carroll, president of the Mississippi State Board of Contractors and owner of. Uh, Sanderson Construction. Tony thanks for coming on today sir. Thank you. So you were just telling me before we came on uh, how you've witnessed this event grow through the years. Give us a
14: a perspective on that. Well in the mid 90s we uh, there's a group got together and decided we need to start doing something about some training because most of our people were retiring and none were coming on board. And so we, a group uh, from ABC members, Associated Builders and Contractors members, went to the uh, State Department of Education and asked them, would they be willing to participate in some vocational training, we called it at the time. Yeah. And uh, they, were ju- they jumped on it. They were, they were happy somebody wanted to do this. So that first year, we did a pilot program in the Jackson Air- metro area. And I don't remember how many students it was. It was around 20 or less just for, for a test pilot. And now, in this year since then it's grown from that number to over five thousand students in most all counties it's incredible and, uh, five so uh, and so the other thing that you shared uh, with me
1: is that when we we look at those that are here participating this this really it's not the
14: entirety of those that are in these programs. Oh, no, there's only a few hundred here that are doing the competition. And, and if you, you look at maybe maybe 20 times that many are being trained now in the, in the vocational or the career and technical yeah. programs, as it's called now, and uh, they're doing an excellent job. I mean, if you'll just look, the, these students that you see here, these young people, not only do they learn what's going on in their trades, but you'll see a certain politeness and courtesy among them. yeah. That's really impressive. Uh, that's, you know, I've always heard that, um, and I've observed it too, you hire someone for their skills and fire them six months later for their attitude. That's a good point. And yeah. these kids are being taught Yeah. how to deal with that. Yeah.
1: How, how important, I mean, you're, you're the owner of a construction uh, business. How important is that to you to have
14: people like that? Well, it's very important. I mean, we want skilled people to work and, and to have knowledge of the trade. But having that attitude that they want to learn and want to do and want to uh, be a part of the company, that's the most important part of it, really.
1: Yeah, and, you know, um, what I think is often not taken into consideration by, by those that uh, don't have that kind of positive attitude is that they're really hurting everybody with, with uh, the Absolutely. lack of a positive attitude. It, it affects the company and company management has to spend their time dealing with it. But it, it becomes a bit of a cancer that starts to, to invade um, the attitudes of all the other workers as well, and we we all get pulled down by that. The customer loses, the company loses. I mean, it's, it's not a good deal.
14: I don't really know where that where that came from to start with. With the with the programs, the, the instructors, the individual schools, they're just doing an excellent job with that. I think yeah, I maybe agree. they have observed that in the last few years, yeah. and they've tried to uh, make amends with it and, and do it properly. And they're they're doing an excellent job. I got uh, my hats off to them. Well, I'm with you,
1: Tony. I got the uh, the tour from uh, Mike Barquette, the president of the foundation, this morning, and I observed the same. That they're, they're energetic, they're smiling, they're happy fun they're courteous and um, you can tell that they're they're focused on getting their projects done and and doing it right and uh, you know see when you see them uh, checking what they're doing looking at the plans back and forth making sure they're doing doing it right I mean that's what
14: provides good product and we've also got a a group of uh, the businesses in the state that are, that are leaders in the, gr- in the industry, they're all participating in this and that they're sponsoring students or are paying expenses for help fund this. That, uh, I mean, it costs to do this, and somebody's having to make donations for that. Yeah,
1: and it's clear that they care and they're heavily invested in it because they see the return that it produces for them,
14: especially when we got the, we got to keep building stuff in the future. <laughs> That's not going away. We need people to do it. I keep reminding myself this building's been going on since the dawn of time. It's going to continue. It's so.
1: going to continue. And, and well, we should. We all, we all benefit from that. The other thing that we've talked about that is, uh, is really something to take note of is, is how all the new tools and the new technology that's been introduced into, into these trades. It's not what it used to be.
14: Absolutely, and one of the things that's going on with the students, as as we see it now, they're getting a hands-on experience with the new technology as it comes out. Because yeah. a lot of the companies that produce this are also involved with the with the training.
1: Yeah, and that's awesome. Uh, and just to make this final point as well. is It's so good to see when you got all these various organizations come together for a common purpose, a common cause, and, and that is to develop uh, the, the young uh, talent in our state to, to enter these trades. But Department of Education and the, and the Career Tech uh, folks, uh, your, your board, the private sector, of course, Accelerate Mississippi, uh, it's just a good thing to
14: see that. That's the way things need to be. We're very pleased with how this has turned out.
1: Tony, appreciate you coming on, my friend. It's been, uh, it's been good to be here. It's been uh, really fun to be part of this event, and especially to meet all these youngsters that do a great job. Well, take care, sir.
14: Thank you for being here.
1: We are out of time here on middays down at the Mississippi Trademark. We've been hosting from the Mississippi Construction Education Foundation Skills USA competition, the Element Well Studios. We'll be back in the studios at Super Talk tomorrow. Until then, stay safe and God bless, everybody.